You're not just telling us what we want to hear. No, sir, no way. Because we just want to hear the truth. Well, then I guess I am telling you what you want to hear. Boy, didn't we just tell you not to do that? Yes, sir. Okay, then. It was a long hiatus. Slice and Dice Podcast 32. What better way to jump back in than talking about the Oscars? Well, and, and admittedly, every time we talked about getting back together, it was we'd, we'd come up with trying to force feed an yeah. excuse into why, but then we'd come back on, well, well the Oscars are closing in. Yeah, there's always plenty of reason to jump in, but we figured this was a good spot to pick up where we left off and move forward. Yep. A new year, fresh start. And the Oscars. And it's something that we have a bit of passion about. It is. And I'm actually excited this year. At least half of the big six are coin flips, which makes oh, yeah. which makes actual predictions matter this year. It's not it's not as predictable. I mean some categories I think are, but but some aren't. I, I would contend that certainly the big two, the real big two are definitely going to be interesting discussions. And I could sway multiple times even after making my pick tonight. I don't, I, may... I don't know that I've made my pick yet as I sit here and talk. Oh, I can tell you I haven't. Um, I, I'm hoping I'll land on something. I, I suspect I know where I'll go, but I'm not certain. Um, but we'll get to the Oscars in a little bit. Um... Anything, uh, you said you had something you wanted to bring Well, up? this is just kind of an aside, and we're not going to get long talk out of this, but just this week you and I were discussing Sid and Marty Croft. I saw this. Now, it has been announced that Amazon, apparently, has ordered a pilot for a reboot of Sigmund the Sea Monster. Yes, I saw that. I didn't read the article, but I saw Sigmund Oh, no, it's, it's, they're, they're definitely going ahead with this. They're excited about this project. They're excited to bring the Sid and Marty Croft world back to the viewing audience. Do we need Sid and Marty Croft to come back? We've only, now, and granted, we've had only one attempt. And that's why I want to bring this up. Land of the Lost. But you can argue that the Land of the Lost movie was more Will Ferrell trying to run with something. Because he thought, well, you know, it was bad anyway, so let's have fun with it. But he didn't... He kept it bad. Well, (laughs) the thing is, though, I will always argue that that movie wasn't helped by the fact that he intentionally went comedy with it. Whereas, we know Sid and Marty Croft was ludicrous. But Land of the Lost wasn't intended to be a comedy. It was just... Really cheesy, but as kids, the sleeve stack scared the fuck out of us. Uh, Going yeah. in the Zobolus scared the fuck yeah. out of you. Now, we can discuss Chaka and the, the cheesy yeah. looking dinosaurs and everything else, but still there was a certain amount of thrill to watching Land of the Lost. Certainly. And you could argue that Will Ferrell totally missed the point. Right. So the question is then... Do we need... Do we need to go back and really revisit Sid Marty Croft? Will that hold up 
what, 40 years removed from when Sid and Marty Croft was worth watching? If well, it ever was worth watching. Well, that that really is the question. It's it's a nostalgia thing for people like us, but you know, it, it, once you've turned, I don't know, ten, I don't know, I don't really know what what that really gave you. Uh, my knee jerk reaction: Do we need it? No. Do we need anything? Yeah. My other, I, I will add to that statement though. Should we now? Perhaps just be past the point of of asking the question: Do we need? Because whether That's we need argument. or not, we're going to get. <laughs> it's coming. There, and I, I'm, I'm certainly. I don't mean this as Hollywood has no new ideas or anything else. Because I, I think you could even argue that with music, if you listen to enough music, you're going to hear the same three notes put together. I don't think times. Studio Hollywood has an original idea left. They I, may, I think they may be going so the ones to go to sure. They're, well, they're going to go for the for the sure money. And certainly, this is Amazon. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Amazon's way they handle new shows is don't they record one episode? Put it out, and they'll do them like blocks of five different new shows, mm-hmm. and you vote for the one, or fans who view them vote for the one or two that they feel Amazon should order the full season of. I don't, I don't know how they do it. I, I, I believe that's the way they go about it. I don't have Amazon, but uh, I, I had actually heard Netflix was thinking about taking some of their shows that they usually just dump on there and going on a week-to-week like a regular TV show, like Orange the New, new Black. You know, there's a part of me that would like to see that. Uh, I, even though I don't find myself falling victim to the binge full season one Saturday afternoon thing, I get bored with it. It's like, no matter how much I love a show, yeah. three episodes and I'm good. Well, I, I think I think financially it's smart for Netflix to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's to stop somebody may want to watch Orange Is the New Black? Who? What's to stop somebody from just buying a one month membership, canceling it, watching that show? I agree. Every so often, as opposed to if you if you stretch that out over thirteen weeks, then you then you're forcing somebody to buy three months of a show, mm-hmm. and at that point maybe they're seeing more stuff and they want to keep it. But uh, either way, I, I'm I'm okay with that as long as they keep these good shows coming. Right. Well, and that's for me. It's the quality. I mean, dude, I wouldn't even care if all of a sudden Netflix or Amazon said, you know what, you're paying eight bucks a month to to watch these. But we're still, we're, dur- during the middle of each episode, we may throw four commercials on. They're going to be all in the same block for two minutes. I could even live with that. Because if you're going to give me uncut, good quality TV, sure. I can I can watch two minutes. I get that you need ad revenue. Yeah. Orange is the New Black with that same cast is not going to be the same cost to a show with the popularity growing. These people are going to start demanding more money. Mm-hmm. And... Netflix, it's not like that's the kind of show you can easily recast. No. So... You can add to that cast, but... Right. You know, you, you can't really take your, your top two or three people off that and then just throw in new people to, to no. work a story around. you got to add something that adds to those existing characters. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Sid and Marty Croft, you know, it's just some sort of, you know, drug-induced haze for your childhood memories. Um, yeah, HR puffing stuff, Lidsville. Oh, sure. And, and like I said, it wasn't, we were actually discussing, because I couldn't, and I, I will fully admit I probably was misremembering whether or not, like, the lost saucer was Jason Marycroft. I think that uh, was. Sure. Because I also know yeah, that there, splits, I think, were. there was that block of shows that would be in the afternoon, like Shazam and stuff, that wasn't, that still very much looked like Sid and Marty Croft shows. Yeah. I don't remember who Release those. They would have just been generic ABC 
you know, I, I watched them all back then. I, if they reboot it, I, I'm not likely to watch it now, hmm. but um, I'm not the one who should be watching it. You know, little kids should be watching it. Or What I think is a little unfortunate is, and, and this is more of a knock on Amazon, I love Amazon, I have Amazon Instant Prime, I haven't quite figured out if it's worth the money yet. If, if you ordered from Amazon on a all-but-weekly basis, the free shipping, I suppose, would pay for itself. Um, all the shows on it, uh, movies on it, you can find on Netflix. Well, that, that's and what I think I've Netflix heard. Netflix is a much bigger catalog. I, I, that's what I've heard, is that as far as movies, there really isn't much on Amazon you can't find on Netflix. And I think Hulu Plus right now is a better source for current television. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't that doesn't include you know like AMC shows or right. FX shows or something. But if you're if you're watching any of the network or CW or anything like that, Hulu Plus is the way to go. Plus Hulu Plus has a lot of the Criterion collection on there. They have a, a fairly decent amount of movies. Nothing like Netflix has. So that's what we're working off right now is Netflix and Hulu Plus, Plus um, which we're finding fine. At some point, yeah, I mean, now you've got that, uh, what's it called, Transparent mm -hmm. is an Amazon show. And you know they're just going to keep making more shows. And it's interesting. And now that HBO is going to this uh, this uh, Online service, streaming service only. You know, everybody... Which I may I bet that's consider. Be a yeah, no, I, I would think you might. Um, I'd be surprised to see how much that is. I don't think you're going to get that for eight ninety nine a month. I think you're going to at least have to pay what you would pay through a cable subscriber to get it. To add HBO. So I'm, 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 I wouldn't be surprised... If you're looking at anywhere from fifteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine a month for that HBO, so you know when you when you add all of these things up, you're sort of contradicting cutting that cord to begin with by all the stuff that you've got. Right. So you just got to be careful there. What, now, what, now, what these sites, services, and to a certain extent, they're right. What they're positing behind closed doors is just keep hitting people for eight bucks a month. They don't realize it. But you're right. When you're on the fifth service for eight bucks, and all of a sudden this one actually is eighteen ninety nine, right. you're suddenly looking at sixty bucks a month. You're shelling out for streaming services, where at least half, if not three quarters, of it are on all of those streaming services. Right. You, you're going to get Skyfall on all of them right now, right. and, and that, I know it's a bad example. I love that movie, but it's on all of them. Yep. You're going to get Jack Reacher on all of them right now. Yep. So you, you really. Yeah, I, I think they're 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 hedging their bets a little bit on people don't realize how much they're being nickel and dimed. Yeah. Whereas when you pay that cable bill every month for 130, 140, some people 190 bucks a oh, month, yeah. that's yeah, a ridiculous. big out. It's ridiculous. And cable companies are gonna have to react here at some point. Mm -hmm. Because even even five services at ten bucks a month is still way cheaper than what cable's raping you right. for. Now, I, I can live, you know, guilty pleasure things like, I don't know, HGTV or the Learning Channel, you know, those House Hunter things. Those are just trap shows that eh, they entertain you and mm -hmm. stuff. If you, could, if you can find a way to live without the crap, it's good. Sports is another thing that, that cable companies have in their favor. Unless you're willing to throw down for NFL ticket or something yeah, like that. That's when it starts getting... Yeah, sure. That's when it starts getting, getting real expensive. Now, our cell phone plan through Verizon has an option where I can watch the local the football games every week on my phone. Mm -hmm. Fine. Don't care. I can do that all day long. It doesn't bother me. 
not worth keeping cable for me in that instance. But I, I think sports and niche programs on stations like AMC and FX are the only things that are keeping cable afloat right now. And once those, once, once those platform, once those um, shows and, and markets start doing their own service thing, we could see the end of cable as we know it. And quite frankly, fuck. Oh, good riddance. Uh, good, yeah, good riddance to cable. The, realistically, I'm one of those people who keeps cable more, and, and I haven't cut the cord. You, you've done it. You, you've done what I'm you, about to argue like for. Two doing. years. I, because of what I, uh, for me, it would be, I couldn't go without the cable modem. As an online gamer, I've got to have that. Sure. The more streaming devices and stuff you add, DSL ain't going to cut it anymore for people. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the high-speed modem, and cable's really the only way to go. It, it, it sends and transmits, it, uh, sends and uh, downloads much better than K- satellite. It's the only thing. You've, like you say, for two years you you pulled the plug. Yeah. And you ra- I've rarely I really heard you make it. it seem like it's a big fucking deal. I haven't missed it. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't watch things live. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I can't watch in real time. So I have to wait a day to see The Walking Dead or, or, or a day to see, uh, you know, I, I may miss, um, well, I don't miss football anymore. But for the first year I, before we had Verizon, um, I, I would... I'd have to miss football. I mean, yeah, we have an antenna, and I can get a couple of the network stations, and I can then some of them I can't get. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but I haven't missed it. I haven't missed it at all. I, I've I see everything I need to see. Yeah, and I'm not into all the garbage shows. So there's that part of me that has waffled back and forth as whether or not I need to consider it. sports. Is that that is the hang up for me? Is I I, I would I could. Do the waiting a day after for for Walking Dead knows and admittedly quite often I'm forgetting to DVR these things anyway. So the next day I'm jumping on to play on or something and which just scrapes the internet for me and, and finds the episode I'm looking for. So I'm I rarely watch those when they air to begin with. Hmm. We're in a DVR generation now. Yeah. I don't know how many people and and Walking Dead's a tough example because you and I said. A few years ago, this is as close to water cooler television as there is. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead and I'd argue Game of Thrones are probably a water cooler talk show, uh, TV shows. And I think Walking Dead even more so. Mm-hmm. I think some of Game of Thrones you have to see a couple times to really digest the plot. I think lines. Walking Dead has a wider appeal oh. than Game of Thrones, so yeah. Um, plus, plus, Walking Dead is more accessible than Game of Thrones. Yes, and, and that's a valid point. So. You can't talk Game of Thrones with... Everybody Anybody who doesn't have HBO, right? <laughs> and, and there are people that have it that have tried watching. It's just too many characters, too yeah. convoluted a plot line. They just can't follow it. Yeah. So, so, anyway. so I, here's something I just thought of. What's uh, what's your opinion on the casting of the new Ghostbusters? Of, of the the four chicks, yeah, we got uh, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and somebody Jones. I thought I was thinking it was the chick who did uh, the abortion comedy last year. I may be wrong with that. Who? Jenny Slate? Yeah, wasn't no. it her? No. Okay. Um, they're all, uh, with the exception of McCarthy, they're all SNL okay. um, alums. Well, so is Jenny Slate. That's why I Well, that. maybe she... Because she was the one who dropped the, the F-bomb on her first episode live. I haven't watched that. She was only one year, year and done. I want to say it's 
Wesley Jones is her name? Might be. I, I, I don't know the SNL group. I don't either. Um, and I don't know those two. I don't, so because I don't watch SNL, I don't mm. know McKinnon or Jones. But um, I, whatever. I mean, I, I like Wig a lot. You know, say what you will about McCarthy. She's funny. No, she's, she's a funny lady. She's I mean, funny, and I, I kind of, uh, to a certain extent, I kind of blame her for being willing to do some of the roles she does, for, for being happy to do the fat girl bumbling. But but here's the deal. People want to trash Hollywood to a certain extent for that. She and her husband wrote Tammy. So right. they only have themselves to blame for that piece of shit. Well, right. Um, I don't care that we're going to get an all-female cast. And, and I think this has potential for being a very funny movie. I don't want a reboot with them saying, hey, but they're all Ghostbusters. Yeah, I that. would much prefer this be the spin some storyline and even incorporate one of the two of the old guys to say that they so would after after the events with the Statue of Liberty as much as that movie wasn't that great yeah. and we sold off franchises and there's the Cleveland chapter or something yeah, and then I, give us I, give them their own give them right. their own thing this doesn't I agree this doesn't have to be um, this doesn't have to have a real direct tie to any no. of the previous Ghostbusters. They they could easily do five minutes of a of a of of a backstory, even during a, during a cold open kind of thing, where you see uh, a Dan Aykroyd and an Ernie Hudson selling freaking uh, signing contracts to franchise rights and shaking hands for some business owner and showing a sign for like. Ghostbusters Cleveland or something. And that would be fun. That's all you need. Because then you're not trying to say you're trying to rewrite history. Oh, but we're going to do it with these four funny chicks. And again, that's not a comment on chicks. You don't need to reboot Ghostbusters. No. You don't. You could easily just give another new storyline. Because they did talk about the fact that... I want to say it was during the Casey Kasem news thing. And I may be wrong. In the middle of it where there's there's rumors of a, of a Ghostbusters franchise kind of thing. And... Fine, you've already sold that, so do it. Right. And and you, if you then I love the fact that they're going to give these chicks hopefully a good vehicle. Oh, absolutely. I, that that's more about it for me is that that maybe finally, and it probably took bridesmaids to to showcase it that chicks are funny. Oh, hell and yeah. They need these opportunities to. Unfortunately, to prove this, right? But I'm on board. And I, I think, I, you know, like I said, I think McCarthy is 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 in the right in the right situation is comedic gold. Mm -hmm. Bridesmaids was a freaking riot. Yes, it was. And a lot and of that was, was her. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I saw other stuff. I mean, yes, she's the same character in everything so far. She's toned down a little bit in St. Vincent. Yeah, I actually thought she did a good job um, in But that. that was Bill Murray's vehicle right. anyway. Um, but I saw The Heat with her and Sandra Bullock, and yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You know, it was, it was watchable. I didn't see Tammy. I didn't, I didn't need to see Tammy. But, no. But, but, and again, Tammy, she and her husband wrote. Right. So and so and, and, and you know what? As, as shitty as that movie apparently was, at least you got to give her some credit for that. And I'm also going to defend her. Because a lot of people want to trash out Hollywood for, ah, they're just giving us another slob humor fat chick. 
Who do they... What do they think Chris Farley movies were? Right. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, Jim Belushi. I'm sorry. John Belushi. A lot of his shit was slob fat guy humor. John Candy. Yeah, say it, John this, Candy is, is the epitome yeah, of the slob This fat is freaking very well trod ground. It's Rodney just that it's a chick doing it. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. It, it's yeah. just a chick doing it. Right. And I think she does a good enough job with it. I just want them to be given something good to work with. Because right. I agree with you. I, I think... I, I think that, and this is going to be a defense of Corolla, I think a lot of people took what Corolla said and jumped on it thinking people do believe chicks aren't as funny. And it's not that. It's that there's not as, you don't get as many of them out there right. trying to do the humor thing. It's because it's, for the longest time it was seen as a battleground of the man. Stand-up comics were guys. It was right. just the way it was. Right. And those few chicks that you had had to get into very blue humor, which they still do. Well, that's why people like uh, Joan Rivers were such trailblazers. Right. Because they, they, were, they could pull the blue just like the guys did. Right. And, and I think it, it's just that now they're being given more a chance to show... You can do that. You you can be just as adult, but bring a feminine flair to it, and it works fantastic. Watch, I mean, you go to like who's the probably the hottest comic out there right now is like Louis C.K. Yeah, I you, know, you go watch him, and you probably laugh your ass off. Mm-hmm. You go next door right after and watch Sarah Silverman or Amy Schumer or somebody like that. You're gonna laugh just as freaking hard. Yeah. Well, it, it, and uh, there's a. Netflix special right now, and for some reason, I can't believe it, is, is it Eliza Schlesinger mm. is the chick's name right now? Do yourself a favor and stream this stand-up comic, this stand-up act. It's about an hour and quarter of very adult humor. She, she what, won last comic standing or whatever, like six years ago, five years ago? Fucking riot. This thing is one of the funniest comedies I've seen in years. And it's it's just because... It's not that they're not as funny. They weren't given the same number of chances. And sure. because of that, you could count five stand male stand-up comics for every one female. Sure, absolutely. And and But I, I think that that also goes to the action realm and everything else. It, Hollywood used to be a fairly male-dominated thing. And, and it's still right or wrong. Yeah, right or wrong. But, but it's coming around. Yeah. I think it's coming around. And, and I love the fact that we're getting the female perspective in comedy. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, Kristen... Clearly Mike, we're becoming feminists. To our, in our certain way. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm not told to remove mm-hmm. my, my desktop photo that is Jennifer Lawrence with that snake wrapped across her. I didn't say we weren't her. misogynist feminists. Right. <laughs> we play both angles. <laughs> That's right. I will applaud your 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 comedy if you want to continue being. I like at the same funny time. women, but I like funny women with boobs. And that's why Schlesinger, <laughs> I, I dig because she is freaking gorgeous and even talks about. It. Right. She knows she's hot. Right. Great. Rocket. And Kristen Wiig to me, she was pretty damn cute. And Paul, when she was going from the little Bible thumper girl, even though they way overdid the finding the adult language thing, but right. early on it was pretty damn funny. Oh, so, certainly. Certainly. So yeah, no, I, I'm on board. Look, just give them something to work with. We we don't need a reboot. Give us something new. Agreed. Any other topics you wanted to bring up? I'm good. All right, we'll pause and we'll uh, do a little what we watched. Sure. Why not? Come on, Maddie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. <laughs> Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. Sitting in the 
if, if I had a time machine, if I had a hot tub time machine, I would get in it and I'd go back and I'd date that chick. From and if I had a hot tub time machine too, yes. Uh, I'd go back and date that chick from Annie. <laughs> you mean George. Annie, not Miss Hannigan. No. No, not Miss Hannigan. The, the chick that... Uh, yeah, she grew up. Not Annie. The, the Annie's still grew up cute. I don't know. What You're talking Kavanjane Kim- Wallace? Dude, you are oh, getting yeah. pervy now. Yeah, Kavanjane and me. Mm, <laughs> nice. Um, what girl are you talking about from talking about the, the... I don't remember the character's name. The lady who was sort of like between Annie and... The one who sings our little our little jingle there. Let's go to the... Oh, okay. I can't remember her name. All right, all right. Remember? Misogynist feminist. Didn't matter. She, she looked good. We, nice we applaud her talent. Nice rack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I think before we jump into some of the movies that we've seen, let's talk a little television. All right. Because i got one thing here that I know you can jump in on with me. Okay. Then i got one, sort of more of a recommendation than anything. But let's talk Better Call Saul. Have you caught episode two yet? I have. I have two. Okay. Love it. Yeah. I, so far. I, I was afraid that this would feel like a one-trick pony. It would feel like a show more slated to being a miniseries. Give me five or six episodes. Well, well, it remains good. to be seen how far you can stretch right. this. Because at some point, you, you, at some point you're going to bump up against what you already have. Right. And you don't want to <laughs> at, do that. At some point, the, the, the timeline we know and love him for right. is going to become problematic. Right. But I think they're doing an excellent job of, first of all... Giving you enough of reference to where this came from, but also doing a real good job of making it its own thing. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is just freaking phenomenal in this role. He is so funny because this is this is way funnier than than just the Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. This is this is awesome. I love the way that they're. They're going back uh, and giving you the Mike Urban Trout beginning yep. here and stuff. Although I have to admit, how many times do you have to get hosed by this guy at this gate before you check that, before you even get to that point? Right. But, <laughs> but, but they're, they're just playing it. Sure. I get that they're trying to it. have the build the relationship. I get it. Negatively, but build it. I get it. I mean, there's there's certainly, I think, more of an element of cheese to this than there is uh, the, the drama of Breaking Bad. But the whole Tuba thing where how he's just sort of this fast-talking, yeah. slick lawyer stuff. Come on. Real life, right. <laughs> done. you're done. But still, I get it. But it's so... Odin Kirk just owns this. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah, No, people do need to give it a shot. I know the commercials right now are saying it's the best new show on TV. Yeah. And, and it's early in the year to yeah. make that kind of comment. I don't know what the ratings are. After two yeah, no clue. It, I well, I I heard that it did quite well. Are they up there in the Breaking Bad territory? I mean, that's where it that really I went. haven't heard. All um, I've heard is quite well. And I mean, I Mad Men's ending, Breaking Bad clearly ended, so AMC needs something. Mm-hmm. What what night of the week is Better Call Saul going to air on? Because I know this week it's after Walking Dead, right? But now, isn't this week going to be? Two episodes of Comic Book Men instead, or is that a different night? Comic Book Men isn't until midnight, though, isn't it? 
I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I'm to pretty sure new out. episodes of Comic Book Men aren't until midnight, so I think you're still well, going to get... I'll say this. No, <laughs> Better Call Saul's not going to be after Walking Dead, because last week on Talking Dead, they said, start coming live to you from midnight. This is the only, this is the last time you won't have us, I think you worded, after Walking Dead. I don't know. I, I think it would be tough to not have that as a follow-up to Walking Dead. I think it's perfect. It, it it just means that those people that have to watch Talking Dead live have to wait an hour. Well, I, I would think argue that's a smart play that the re-airing of Walking Dead probably has to be pushed to midnight. But all that does is it, then it puts it on at nine o'clock for those people on the West Coast. Right. And I know that their fear is their fear being AMC being. If those people have somehow caught a feed of Talking Dead first, they're going to get spoilers ridden right through. I'm not even but sure they're worried about the feed as on, much as just freaking social media. Well, there's but, that too. But if you're on social media before your episode starts airing, then you especially then you own a show it. like Walking sure. Dead or Game of Thrones, the the two we've already mentioned as water cooler films, the shows that people just flood the internet with. Well, it, you know, and I've 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 watched the Twitter feed and stuff after a Walking Dead episode airs here on the East Coast and. Uh, all the people who haven't seen it yet are just just up in arms because of all the people the spoilers. Yeah, get off Twitter. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's not difficult. If you're spoiling something <laughs> on the internet, yeah, you're a douche. But you're an idiot if you're on right. there complaining because you saw a spoiler. Yes, I uh, have been playing WoW before, where immediately after a major episode, I jump online and some dick shouts out. And a great example would have been. After this week's Walking Dead. No, I'll go the, the, before the right. season break. Oh, it was horrible what Beth just got shot. I literally <laughs> saw somebody shout that kind of thing across well, his Well, on that platform, you shouldn't have to be concerned about that. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just if and people if were quick to point out, you're a freaking asshole. Because there are people who are all over the world that haven't had a chance to see this yet. If you're going to be... On any sort of platform, avoid Twitter, platform, Facebook, Facebook anything like MySpace. that. MySpace. You, you got to expect. Hell, that. avoid Instagram. Uh, yeah, in case somebody posts a photo or something, who knows? Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, Better Call Saul. I love it so far. Two episodes in, I thought it was great. All right. Um, I want to bring up another show, and it's comedy. And I watched the first four episodes. I actually just binged them last night because it's just a, it's a network comedy. I want to say it's ABC or CBS, whatever. Um, it uh, for me, this is Goldberg's level funny shit. Fresh off the boat. It's, this uh, intrigues me because th this is the same guy who did that show that I promoted back during its very limited run. Don't trust the bee in apartment yes. twenty three. Yes. Um, and it, it's significant because it's like the first time in 20 plus years that Asian Americans have sort of had their own thing since like the Margaret Cho show mm -hmm. way back in the day. Oh, I actually watched that. Dude, this show is fucking funny. I've heard. Oh, damn. All four episodes I've watched. I mean, it's basically well, about Paul this, Shear's on it, Paul right? Shear yeah. is in it. He's the manager of the search company. It's basically this Asian American family that relocates from Chinatown in, in D.C. to a suburb of Orlando. And the whole, all the comedy is really centered around how 
this Asian family is sort of integrating into white suburbia, mm -hmm. and all the comedy really centers around how the white people around it are just so enamored with the stereotypes of Asian culture, but they don't, it's not one of those shows, it's not one of these shows where it's kind of like, oh, whites are stupid and stuff like that. Because the Asians, they, they do it the opposite too, where the Asian family is kind of like embracing the stereotypes, living the stereotypes, but also one trying to integrate that in with the white. So everybody's just sort of an idiot and mm -hmm. sort of fish out of water here. And damn, it is funny. He moved there, um, he moved his family to Orlando because he wanted to open a restaurant and he opened this thing called the Cattleman's Ranch Steakhouse which he thinks is this new innovative steakhouse and stuff like that. It's really just every chain steakhouse you've seen anywhere ever. There's hundreds of them in, thousands of them in it's the country. It's like Black Agnes. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's, it's Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. It's Longhorn. It's, every, it's all of this stuff. And Paul Shears, uh, sort of the, uh, the manager of the place and stuff, the, the, their oldest son is a riot. He's, into all, he's all into hip-hop and... And uh, NES and, and uh, Biggie Smalls and all stuff. And he's trying to immigrate into the schools. And he goes, Ma, I need white people lunch. They're making fun of us. <laughs> and it just plays off all of the stereotypes. It's funny. It's well, real funny. And again, you're hitting on a point that we've said before. Instead of arguing against stereotypes, embrace the fuckers and have fun with them. Yeah. Because and that's what this is doing. People know how to handle it better, and it means that you can poke fun at your own, yourself, and everybody's much better. It off. constantly makes fun of themselves, and it constantly makes fun of the white people. There's this gaggle of soccer moms that rollerblade through the neighborhood, and it, it, they're just—it's all the white stereotypes, mm -hmm. same thing, and and how they perceive an Asian family moving in, dude. It's funny. I, I loved it. it and this is absolutely going to be on my must-see right. weekly list as far as sitcoms. That and the Goldbergs is still is still hitting it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. I, I Sheer was on an episode, uh, an episode of Doug Loves Movies like two weeks ago talking about how much fun and how good this show could be if it's given a chance to run and if people don't instantly go, it's being too racist. Uh, yeah, I will I will personally f hunt down like Jay and Silent Bob anybody who's, who's arguing that point. But like I say, I, I love Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 20. I thought it was a freaking hilarious show. Yeah. It just it, it didn't get the shot it needed. Yeah, hopefully this does. It's network it's, TV, so you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you know, it's not even so much that for me at this point. It's, it's just dumb people who... Here we're sitting here in what season six of of the Kardashian bullshit. Mm. And all Come on, people, watch some quality. And how many shit. different Real Housewives show are there? Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. The it Bachelor and American Idol. I mean, hey, come on, yeah. watch something that you know. I'm not saying you gotta you gotta think about. You know, fresh off the boat, but watch something that's innovative and fresh and f actually funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's good shit. All right. Um, I have a show I want to recommend. Oh, okay. And I've already recommended it to you, but I'm going to recommend it to our listening audience of three. 
You still think we have three? Probably episodes? not anymore. They probably gave up waiting for the I next hear episode. we're hot in Turkmenistan. I would take that. Ah, I would too. Is it worth us going on tour there? Do they probably not? What, what kind of fast food? Are I we am not get there? going to any country that, that ends in a stand. stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you to watch this, and I mean it. The Mike Tyson mysteries. People know. need to watch the Mike Tyson mysteries. If you don't know what it is, it's on Adult Swim on the Cartoon Network. It's only going to air during a felt swim. There's no way you're going to find this airing any other time. And it's Mike Tyson basically forming his own Scooby gang, doing the Scooby-Doo thing, solving mysteries on 15-minute minisodes. And it is one of the funniest things I have seen in years. You figure it's it's Mike Tyson, his... I don't know if it's his adopted daughter or stepdaughter who's a little Korean girl... Who's supposed to be, and I'm losing the girl's name, What on Inspector Gadget, there was the, the, the niece who was actually the brains of the group. Uh, you're, you're implying that I saw Inspector Gadget? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you talking about the Matthew Broderick one? No, well, that was a, 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 a rip-off of the cartoon. and she, Penny. Penny was her name. Oh, okay. And, and, but in this, it's a very something Korean. That was pretty racist. But anyway... <laughs> And Norm Macdonald plays one of his talking pigeon, and then there's a a, a, uh, a effeminate gay man ghost, and the four of them solve mysteries done very Scooby style. All the animation Scooby Doo, but the mysteries, as I've told you, are are not tend not to be ghost mysteries. It's that they they get linked up with a couple doing one of those reality shows to buy a house, and they decide, oh, this is a great mystery, and go from house to house. And, Hopping through, trying to figure out what they think that'll do. It, it's. I know Mike Tyson is a checkered history, and a lot of people will cut him some slack. And, and whether or not you think you should, you should is another story. It just is funny, freaking viewing, and it's fun watching people at least own their shit a little bit mm-hmm. and poking fun at themselves. Sure, Mike Tyson in this, who does does the, his own voice work, pokes so much fun at himself. It makes it funny as shit to watch. Yeah, I need, I need to check. It's that out. really it's it's a fifteen minute investment and it's funny as fuck. So Mike, check out the Mike Tyson mysteries. Cool. Um, you want to hit real briefly on Jupiter Ascending while we're here? Sure. Why I not? Mean, we might as well before we get into that's our, our last big release we've seen, and it's still yeah. current. It was last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. by the by the uh, fact that you're hearing us talk about it as a what we watched and not as a major episode, yeah. I think it'll tell you what we thought of Jupiter Ascending. Well. Yeah. Well, that's not fair, because we have actually reviewed some movies that we thought were pieces of shit I, I as think, the main film. I think I like this more than you, um, definitely. I, I at least I at least got more entertainment value out of it, I think you did. Now, that's not to say that I think mm-hmm. Jupiter Ascending is a good movie, um, because it's not. It's, it's complex, it's convoluted, it's cheesy, but I'm, I'm sort of choosing to accept it as a... B movie sci fi adventure um, that that is probably a little more a little too ambitious for what they ultimately give you. Um, but for me, if you go into this and just expect that you're going to see a B movie, I think it works. If you're looking, and, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping. And I'm not sure that's the case. I'm hoping the Wachowskis 
sort of realize that. I thought they were. I thought it was a little self-aware that this is sort of a cheese fest. I'm not sure that that's what their intention was. Because if, if that wasn't their intention, if they thought this was a serious, legitimate sci-fi flick, then they failed miserably. Um, if if they were sort of just sort of. Um, giving a nod to some of the old classic things like the Flash Gordons and the Fifth Elements and the Captain EOs of the world. And personally, I do think they were doing that. Um, then, then I think you can at least walk out going, eh, it was entertaining, if nothing else. I don't, I don't feel like I threw $10 away. But, you know, I had a good time with it. I'll put it that way. If you don't think too hard about it. Here's my... It's not that I didn't have a good time with it. There was stuff I actually really enjoyed in this film. I, I think that it tried to be too much to too many people. I think they they tried to give a, a serious action film with a, with a... With a plot that I'm still not quite certain I follow all the Welcome plot. Welcome to the Wachowskis. I, I... I don't... I don't know. I don't... I don't quite understand... The sibling rivalry that was going on. I don't know what what sibling liked. Can I call her Jupe? She said, "Call me Jupe." Yeah, that was bad. What? What? That, that's B movie to me. What? I, I can't. There were the three siblings. I I don't know what ones wanted her to succeed and what right. ones not. Right. I don't get it. I think they overcomplicated this. I, I I think they just tried to make too many people happy. And I, and I think that in the end it was what blew it up. I think the Wachowskis are best when they stick to rated R. I really do. You go back and watch Bound, you watch Matrix, and I'll even say the other two Matrix movies. And were they good? Not really. But I also think that people trash at least the second Matrix movie a little harder than they need to. I still think they had some interesting ideas. I think there's only so far you can go with that idea. The two pieces for me where they where they really fail here with Jupiter Ascending was, first of all, after they've had this big uh, rescue scene where Channing Tatum comes in and, and rescues Mila Kunis from these assassins that want to kill her and stuff. Are you talking the where they, first time? Yeah, where they pretty much decimate Chicago. Yes, yes. And as they're driving away, um, you know, he pretty pretty much implies that, like, oh, yeah, well, we've got, like, this mind erase thing, so people won't even realize it happened. And then they show the city being rebuilt right. in a day. That is that is a cheap, bullshit way out right. of your situation. And what else that does is you've now removed the stakes for me mm -hmm. at this point. Because if the people of Earth at this point don't even realize what's happening here, then what's what is the incentive for her to save it? Right. There's no there's no stake here. There's only one person on on this planet that understands what could happen here and she can now go live wherever she wants anyway. Mm -hmm. So who cares? Yeah, concerned she is technically the heir to the throne of the most powerful family right. in the universe. Right. My other piece of this was your whole movie is centered around her, her central character and what she represents and she is nothing but a damsel in distress waiting to be Constantly. saved by Channing Tatum. I don't know Holy. how many scenes had her screaming for help. All she does is stumble around waiting to be saved by Channing Tatum who looks completely disinterested in this whole mm. thing. 
No, he, he. I don't think he wanted to wear those wolf's ears that badly. No, no. It, 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 and if you want to go on that discussion, then and I know you and I have already talked about this piece. Ending it with her going back to fucking making toilets, uh, cleaning toilets. Oh, and now getting up 20 minutes earlier so she can cook cook breakfast for the rest of her asshole family. Right. (laughs) She is basically the queen of the known universe, and she's scrubbing toilets. Bullshit. There's no way the Wachowskis can spin that for me. (laughs) Yes, she can now wear her little... Sky rollerblading yeah. boots. Her gravity boots. Um, gorgeous, though. I will say that. Very, because you can't deny the Wachowski's ability to visually... I just... I think that, like I say, they tried to make it look good for too many people. And I can't keep... I can't help but going back to your Captain Neo reference of that fucking elephant face <laughs> pilot. I, I don't... Were they were they implying that with the whole harvesting... Alright. They had a big world that they didn't fully build. So, the plot line of this movie is that you have this family. And this family basically rules over these hundreds of millions of peoples that know pretty much every planet in the known universe. And those... That and they're, they're human-like, and the, those that they, those plants that they found hospitable for it, they seed with humanity, and then will harvest later on. And by harvesting, it's take those people and pull the essence of them out of them to that they then use themselves to keep young. Mm-hmm. So we are basically just livestock for our life force. Sure. Is what they're positing. But okay, fine. It's not the first time a sci-fi movie's gone down this route. But they don't play it in a way that you even give a shit. And they start throwing those angles like the elephant guy. By showing him, are you implying that elephants are related to that dude's race? Or is it just that he's an elephant-faced man? I don't know. What was with the bees? Yeah, that was stupid. Bees... Worship the family because boys, the bees sniff out royalty right in the hive. <laughs> the queen mum will get stung just the same as she messes with the hive. I'm right. fairly certain. <laughs> uh, like I said, for me, visually, like I agree with you, visually, it's it's stunning flick, like like most of the Wachowski's stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's entertaining on a B movie level. That's all it was for me. I w- I'm not sitting here trying to convince you that this was a good movie at all. Here, here's what scares me: is that's a 225 million dollar movie, which is ridiculous. It, it looks good, but you you don't want to dump 225 mil on a B movie. Oh, absolutely. I, I I don't deny that at all. You also don't want you also don't want Mila Kunis fronting your 225 dollar movie. Right. That, I I will even go so far as to say I don't want Channing Tatum doing it either. Channing Tatum You're is You're going to get fine. more mileage out of him right. than Armie Lacunas. Right. <clears throat> but this isn't Magic Mike. Right. Or Step Up. Or whichever Street up. or whatever it was. Right. right. No, I agree. I, I ended up giving it a two out of five. Or two and a half out of five. Yeah, and I'll for, land, for pure entertainment value. I'll land on two. The, the movie was gorgeous. It, it, it's gorgeous in the end, utterly forgettable. I'm fairly oh, certain that I've forgotten half the scenes I saw. At this certainly. Point. So. Certainly. 
I will say, the chick who played the sister of the three royals, yeah. holy fuck, she was hot. <laughs> nice, nice ass shot. Nice to see you got something out of it. I, I did. And I thought she was a great actress and needs to do comedy. Very Misogynistic good. feminist. Right. There you go. Very good. What else you got? Got anything good? I'm going to recommend one that was in the theaters a few months ago. It's on DVD now. See John Wick. Do yourself a favor. See John Wick. It's on my list. Uh, John Wick. On my short list. Even though I don't really want to see the dead beagle puppy. That scene sucks. As a man who loves beagles, as you know, what's not to like about the beagle? What's not like to like about puppies? Right. I but okay. I'm sidebar here. Can we now punch people that use their Facebook page to post photos of people torturing animals as some way to go back at them? And you must have seen these by now. These assholes who have a bag of puppies that they're trying to get rid of and they chuck them in a river. Yeah. So somebody posts the thing on Facebook saying, let's go after them. Right. I agree. Don't need to see it. You can just say, this person was recorded doing this. We don't need to show you the video. Let's go fuck them up. And I'm down for it. I've never seen one where they're actually showing it. I've I have. Seen, I've seen posts about how this... As this soon as I start it. seeing it, it's like, no... And yes, John Wick has a beagle, a beagle killing. Very early on. Uh, John That's sort Wick, of what sets him off on his... It is. They, they've right? already shown that his, his, his fiance is dead. The last thing she gave him was this beagle puppy. And they don't really explain why he's such a big deal. Until the beagle puppy is killed by these people barging in. Solely because they wanted to steal his gorgeous... Gorgeous old car from him. Or they wanted to buy it and he said it's not for sale. So instead, assholes show up at his house. Asshole played by, uh, dude who becomes the Reek in Game of Thrones. Oh, the guy who's, uh, Theon Greyjoy? Yes. And in this, he plays a Russian guy, son of a Russian mob boss who knows exactly who John Wick is. Um, and they, they barge into his house and basically say, then fuck it, we're stealing your car. You should have sold it to us. Oh, and we're killing your dog. You have to you have to barge into his house to steal his car? Well, they just decide they're going to fuck with him. Because he, he was kind of attitudinal about him saying, no, it's not for sale. It, it's, it's a very intentionally cliche, like, you set me off, and now it's over. Haven't I lost everything? was a gift from my dying wife. It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. I'm not afraid of John Wick. You should be. Hey, John. You look terrible. Rusty, I guess. It was such a fun action movie. It reminded me of the just a great old 80s action movie. Like, there's no way he's surviving this firefight. But they do it in such a way, in such a good style, that it feels completely different than the bullshit you get now for action movies. It, John Wick is such a throwback feeling film. It, it just, when it, it hits the ground running and doesn't stop until the end credits. It, it is a, it, it's for a per as long as you like the old R-rated action movies and just let the bullets fly and can suspend disbelief for a bit, 
This movie is an easy four out of five. Wow. That's, uh, that's high praise. Um, I saw a flick called The Last Five Years. Jamie is over and Jamie is gone. Jamie's decided it's time to move on. Jamie has new dreams he's building upon. And I'm still hurting. Did I just hear an alarm start ringing? Did I see sirens go flying past? I've got a singular impression things are moving too fast. Pretty good, right? I've never been more attracted to you. I know it. Um... Anna Kendrick fronts this. I, I apologize. I don't remember the guy's name that fronts it. Um, if you are a fan of musical theater, it's a must-see. If you're not a fan of musical theater, you may not be into it. I suspect you would probably be middle of the road here because basically... Much like Les Mis, pretty much 95% of the dialogue is sung. So it's absolutely a musical. It's absolutely a musical theater type thing where the, where the music sort of drives the narrative here as opposed to just music in the middle of the narrative. Um, I thought it was fantastic because it, it finally... We, we know Anna Kendrick can act. We know that. She's incredible. We know she's actress. way more talented than people realize. Um, we know she can sing. I mean, she's done stuff with Into the Woods. She's done with uh, Pitch Perfect. Mm -hmm. We know she can sing. She raises the whole thing to a completely different level here, and it's an interesting way that it's done. In in that we open up with her getting her name is Kathy in the movie, basically getting her dear Kathy letter. And her sort of lamenting this loss of this relationship. And she's singing beautifully and her tears running down her face. That's solid acting right there when you can pull that off. And it's interesting because they sort of... It's basically just these two people. And there's some side characters, but they're really irrelevant to the story. They're just, they're just within their lives. Her story starts out at the end of this five years... And sort of works backwards through the whole thing. His starts from the beginning and moves forward. So basically you have these two two people that are together. But they're showing you throughout the movie the, going this way. So at some point they intersect. Which is basically around when they got married. And then at the end you see her all happy at the beginning with the relationship. And him pretty much writing it off and leaving. It is It is very well done. I think. And Kendrick just absolutely owns it. Can I ask a question? And, and I don't mean this wrong. Is there a reason why they chose musical? Because that sounds like a very... It's, based, it's based off of an off-Broadway play. Okay, okay. Broadway I was going to say, this sounds like a very complicated way to do a storyline. And it is. Doing it as a musical. And, and, you, and you would look at this storyline going, like, how do you even make anything out of this? How do you make this cinematic? There's only 14 songs in it. Most of them are... are I mean, and you can tell that they're definitely 
Broadway numbers and, and Broadway songs. And some of them are handled very, very well. Some of them, eh, they're all right. Um, but Kendrick absolutely owns it. And and I'll just mention that we're sitting here and we're and we're considering, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. We're considering Meryl Streep's performance in Into the Woods uh, as. Oscar-worthy stuff. Uh, for or at least the Academy is. The Academy, Oscar-worthy stuff. And if you look at a lot of a lot of the predictive indexes, they actually have her like ranked like third on the list. So she's not even like an also ran here. And I guarantee you, at the end of this year, nobody's going to be even looking at the last five years of what Anna Kendrick pulled off here. And, and and it's tragic because it is so much better than anything Meryl Streep's doing in Into the Woods. Streep's become a name, and that's yeah. the problem. Um, I, I highly recommend... I think Kendrick is just... I brilliant. highly recommend the last five years, especially if you're a fan of musicals or musical theater. Um, I, I land on at, at least a four out of five. Fair enough. Yeah, I actually read an interview with her about that film, and she, I know she absolutely loved the script. And, it, it, again, it, it's funny for me with Kendrick, and it's not speaking from someone who's a main person, hey, we love Anna because she's ours. I, I look at where she came from, is she's had such a crazy crazy filmography if you look at it oh, yeah. she's tied to the, the the twilight films but she's also tied to a uh, very minor role there right but she's also tied to is it sure palooza in the, what was the up, up in the, in the air, air. Yeah, but she got nominated for best supporting yeah, yeah. And, and with vera also getting what best actress nom right or was it clooney got just best actor i don't I thought remember. vera got one i don't remember who came i think she did but i don't remember exactly but it is so she she certainly has shown that she's got the talent. Yeah, well, she's she's a multi-talented. I, I think the problem she has, for lack of a better way to put it, is she loves the smaller indie film, which and sometimes the Academy catches those, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and that that's the Academy likes those films that seem to land somewhere in that thirty to sixty million dollar range. People know of them. They get wide release, but they're not the popcorn films, the blockbusters. Those are the Academy type films, not the ones that appear and pull in 1.5 mil and are gone. Right. All right. What do you got? Predestination. What if I could put him in front of you? Huh? The man that ruined your life. And if I could guarantee you that you'd get away with it, would you come? In a heartbeat. I know where he is. Yeah, of course you do. Nope. How the hell do you know that? Their records. Hospital records, orphanage records, medical records. Been there, done that. Beth Featheridge. Isn't that the name of your caretaker at the orphanage? Beth? A uh, very small film starring Ethan Hawke, and I'm losing the chick's name, Sarah, doesn't matter. Um, very small cast, and, and it's basically the first half hour of the film 
is of a, a person talking to this apparently transgender person in a bar. It's Ethan Hawke is the bartender talking to this clearly what was a woman who's lo- living life as a man now and, and getting her story. And basically what unfolds is that it, it's not spoilery. Ethan Hawke is basically a, a, a person who's been raised by our government years in the past. We formed a time traveling group that could go through and adjust events in history. And he is one of that elite group. And all of a sudden here comes this person who has this insane sob story. The worst story you can imagine about how they've ended up in the state. And he decides to use his abilities, which have been given to him by the government for government acts, and use them for something personal to help this person. And it, it's, it becomes one of the most complex storylines you'll ever find with all of five people acting in a movie. It is, it's, it's not for everybody. It's probably going to require two viewings, which is what I've given it to almost chart out how you get from point A to point X, which is where you'll end up at the end of this film. But if you give it a chance and you can deal with the minimalism approach, this is not Looper. This, the, the Looper had way more money than this film has. If you just give it a chance, this movie is a, I would argue, an all but brilliant sci-fi film dealing with time travel which is probably too often tread in the sci-fi realm um i love ethan hawk here sarah creel maybe thinks her name does a fantastic job again i i say four to five give this movie a chance but be ready to watch the film get to the end of it and go okay what the fuck and have to rewatch this thing again and get through the first half hour. That half hour when they're basically giving her backstory, which is a must, is kind of a rough ride. But it's intentional, and it's it's you've got to get through it four to five. Nice. The other movie I saw last night, it was one you actually brought up yesterday is on your short list. I saw What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, on Wednesdays, they do like a fair factor competition. You can win like t shirts and um, hats oh, yeah. and spot prizes. I can smell the werewolves. It was just about the war class of werewolves, so some shit might go down. Look out, guys. Don't catch fleas. What's that, mate? Sorry, what? Keep going, keep walking. Keep what? We heard that, mate. We've got sensitive hearing. Have you? Yeah. Are you filming some nice music video, is it? We don't want any trouble. Well, I do. Why did you start it? And I got your heckles up, huh? Why don't you go smell your own crotches, huh? Oh, come on, what are you talking about? We don't smell our own crotches. We smell each other's crotches, and it's a form of greeting. You're on camera. Yeah. Don't, don't do what? it. What? It's okay, because I know this guy. It's Count Fagula. <laughs> you, you, oh, dude. All right, this. tell me. <laughs> dude, it's a riot. Yeah. I loved it. It's basically this, uh... This mockumentary about the vampire life done by these guys from New Zealand. They were uh, to have done things around uh, Flight of the Concords and stuff like that. Um, and basically about this this documentary crew, which we don't we don't know, we don't see, it doesn't matter, that are in there filming this this uh, nest of vampires that live in this this big mansion in in New Zealand. 
and how they're how they interact together and how they're getting ready for this thing called uh, the undead. Uh, uh, it's like a big ball that they throw on for for zombies and witches and, and vampires and stuff. But it's basically like it's the monster bash. It, it is. It, it is basically like uh, you know the real world meets vampires, and they they sort of give a nod to there's these these five vampires that live together and you have the you have the Nosferatu looking vampire who's 8000 years old you have the the Lestat vampire that's only like 800 years old you have a nod to the to the Bram Stoker Dracula and so and they, they really they make they make comical references to like the Lost Boys and Twilight and all these different different vampire tropes are, are made fun of here. The fact that you can't see the reflection in mirrors. And all this good stuff. One night they decide to go out, out in the town. But all they do is end up. All they wind up doing is end up walking the streets. Because nobody will invite them into their bars. <laughs> <laughs> and dude it's just. It's so self aware of how silly some of the vampire tropes are. And it, it's so low budget. When they get like. When they. Dude there's one. There's one guy. And he's kind of like, almost like, uh, if you remember Fright Night, the, the remake of Fright Night, what they turned Peter Vincent into uh, with like the, he's almost like a Rob Zombie yeah. looking dude and stuff like that. He um, <clears throat> he was a, a shapeshifter, but he sort of lost his, his mojo from, this, from uh, this thing called The Beast, which we find out later was basically just an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> but they play it up to that point, like it's some sort of like, all-encompassing demon thing, um, but he lost his mojo, so he can't quite like effectively produce his 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 tran- transformative stuff. So you see like a like a, a, a cat walking around with his head and stuff like that. It just it just it's just these guys like like. Like a bunch of, of dude bros hanging out in the real world house. Oh, they're vampires. That's what it is. And it's really funny from start to finish. And, and I would be I would be interested to see if any real Hollywood mainstream comedy comes out this year that's actually funnier than this. It's, it's an easy four out of five. Um, definitely check this out when it, when it comes out. Well, like I told you, the, those guys were in Doug Loves Movies this week, and they were talking about the fact that they're literally Kickstartering, yeah, uh, doing a Kickstarter campaign just to get it so this thing gets beyond release in two American cities. Uh, because they, they they know that this this needs to be seen. The, 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 they believe they've got something here, and, and no, when, just hearing the guys talk, I was so. Just enthralled at the world they, because we have gone too far with the vampire thing. It, it's, but to the point now where the only good way to do a vampire movie is to skewer it a little, skewer it a little bit, yeah. or give it a different angle. And I'm losing the the name of the film that you loved so much last year about the two vampires. Oh, uh, only lovers left. Thank you. Life. Yeah, something totally different or just comedy. Well, this this is the um, shit. The music, the music uh, mockumentary that's on Criterion. Spinal Tap? Yes. This is this is what Spinal Tap did for movies, this is going to do to the vampire genre. Okay. Now I know what I'm finding tonight when I get home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This sounds like a, a, a blizzard's happening. Yeah. What else am I going to do? Sit and watch this movie. Absolutely. Wow. All right. So there we go. All right. Uh, we'll pause here and we'll be back in a minute. Hello. Hello. 
Science. Arts. I study the marriage of space and time. The perfect couple. Good luck. Hi. I'm okay. So, this black hole at the beginning of time. Brilliant. Thank you. Let me ask you a question, Chris. Would you be surprised if I told you that the Navy has credited you with over 160 kills? I'll pick it up. You've got more secrets than the best of them. What if I don't fancy you in that way? Can't tell anyone home. It's illegal. I'm just a mathematician. Sometimes it is the people who no one imagines anything of who do the things that no one can imagine. train station for 100 kilometers. Get in! I want 50 men and 10 bloodhounds ready in five minutes. 
Have you ever been questioned by the authorities? Yes, on one occasion. What, what, what? I was arrested and tortured by the rebel militia after the desert uprising. Right. Well, you know the drill then. Zip. So. The Oscars. It's that time. A week from tomorrow. Yep. I'm which, ready. well, if you listen to this today, which it won't be posted today, so... It'll be posted probably... Uh, if you listen to it today, Valentine's Day. Let me at least put yes. some date of the day we're recording it. Happy Valentine's Day, dude. I didn't buy anything. Good. That would be a tad bit gay. gay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and our gay moment was going to Bananarama together. So that, that's, that's, right. that's as close to that as we'll ever go. It felt right. It felt it right. Did. It did. That was a good night. Um... So we're just gonna we're gonna talk through the tops of the the big six awards here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do but we're we're gonna do our full ballot predictions, which we uh, well at least I'm gonna probably post something about the full ballot at some point this week. But you can check out the site to to check out our picks there as well for the top six awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be doing our comprehensive discussion, and by comprehensive, three sentences. Yeah. On each, and then we'll each do our These pick. will win, these should win, right. kind of thing. So, and that's what this discussion's going to be. It's sort of a, we'll go with a, uh, um, who we think will win, who we think should win. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe talk, maybe talk some relevant, relevant uh, snubs in there. And I hate the word snub there, but sometimes it applies. Yeah, I, I certainly can think of. Of the big six, one certain area we could discuss some stuff. Right. Um, and, and, and even though we're not going to discuss this category and our picks to each other won't be revealed, I think it does serve us to talk a little bit about... Best animated? The best animated feature and how the Lego movie did not garner a nomination for this category. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I, I don't even understand it. I I don't, especially when you look at what that movie's done on the awards circuit thus far. It's winning everything. It won over critics. It won over fans. It made a shit ton of money, and it doesn't even get nominated. For my money, it is the my favorite animated film I've seen since The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people, well, there aren't that many good ones. Actually, there's been a lot of good ones. Certainly, yeah. a lot of films have won Oscars since then. Yeah. The Lego movie has been as good. And I love Wreck-It Ralph. This is better than Wreck-It oh, Ralph. Certainly, certainly. This was a fantastic film. It and it could have been so bad. And that's the other thing. is This movie could have been wrong at every turn. I thought it would be. I don't, I don't understand what the logic is behind not getting a nomination here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I not really... I mean, it, it's so egregious. Not only should this have won the Oscar, to not even get nominated is just a kick in the balls. And it really just, it proves the fact that the Oscars are fucking irrelevant. Right. They are. <laughs> Let's be honest. The Oscars are freaking irrelevant. It's just one big self-congratulatory Hollywood dick. For our defense of those... I that love it. Claim that there's a, a racist element to what's his putts not being nominated for Selma. Oh, oh, it, oh, yellow or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I can agree that there are times when the Academy goes way the fuck wrong. Oh, good. And luck. here is one of those cases. Can I ask, like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> best director. 
Didn't even get the nod. Right. But Argo wins Best Picture. What's that mean? It means we fucked up. Mm-hmm. Here's your here's your consolation. Project. The Lego Movie. If people it's haven't so seen fun. it, see this fucking movie. It's so much fun. And it, it's it's so well done. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. The, 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 Every detail the, is, is finite. When, when you have ships on a water of Legos, right. and every wave the is the blocks. coming out of the stack of the train. It's all, it, they didn't <sighs> miss a beat. They could have cheaped out there and, and gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And then all the voiceover work. That, there are so many major actors, actors and actresses in this film mm-hmm. just running with great material. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I, I I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, It'll be interesting. What's the chance that every what is it called? Everything is everyone's happy. Oh, um, everything is awesome. Everything's awesome. What's the chances that ends up winning the best uh, the award because for the song? because they want to make up for the snub? Maybe yeah. they give it an Affleck moment, an Argo I, moment. I think I wouldn't be totally surprised. Huh? We'll know a week from tomorrow. God knows it's a freaking catchy song. It's obnoxiously catchy. Right. It's not the kind of song I'd ever in a million years buy. The you want stuck in your head? No. But it gets there. No. no. With Tegan and Sarah, it's yeah. right. They're, they're, they're apparently going to perform it at the Oscars, so that's fine. Whatever. So, let's talk about... Let's get the easy ones out of the way. And they're actually, of the big six... They're the they're the bottom. The they're and number the, the five and six right, are, are layups, and they yeah absolute layups. Let's talk about let's go ladies first here. We've got uh, best supporting actress, and the nominees are um, Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, Emma Stone for Birdman. Laura Dern for Wild, mm-hmm. Kira Knightley for The Imitation Game, mm-hmm. and Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. Okay, so let's get the Meryl Streep rant out of the way right now. You know what? I, I, I am, I'm. Meryl Streep is a great actress. She is. Without she is the single best actress of our time. Uh, American. For a wide audience. Sure. Of, of the last 30 years. I'd go as far as 50. 50. If you go back to the deer hunter, things like that. Yes. Well, how old is the fucking deer hunter? That was 70s, dude. All right. Well, that's, dude. That's 40 years. <laughs> dude, are you going to argue that that's... But she didn't really, she didn't really get, she didn't really get her notoriety to like uh, Kramer versus Kramer... Um, That's, what, what was the fucking uh, uh, nuclear disaster flight this year? Silkwood. Silkwood. Um, th- that's when that she really... That was 70s. Yeah, I guess. All right, whatever. We'll meet in the middle here and say 40 years. Fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> two, two decades. Look, two score years listen, ago. She's great in everything she does. Yes, she is. She's uh, also Meryl Streep in everything However, she does. well, right. However... Was this her 18th nomination Mm -hmm. in all this? Are you really going to tell me that every single thing she does is top five of the year worthy? This is supporting actress. You're gonna you can sit there and tell me that Meryl Streep and Into the Woods was any any bit. Come on, 
Carrie Coon, Kim Dickens, and Gone Girl. Carrie Coon is who should have had this award. I had this nom. Absolutely. Her role, her job as Margot in Gone Girl, at times was absolutely scene stealing. Sure. Street getting all these noms year after year and year, it's just becoming a parody of itself at this point. It, and quite frankly, it cheapens her, her, right. her, her performance. And when she does win for legit occasions. Uh, Which the Iron Lady was not. And here's the deal as much as I was pissed when she was nominated for All Saints Orange, August, or, uh, August or, yeah. She was great. She was great in that movie. And she when I saw it, there I had she did. no issue with the nom. I Thank didn't you. want her to win. And in this case, it's not deserved. I would argue that Christine Baranski was actually better in this film Emily than she Blunt was. Was better in this film was than, she in this was. than she was. And that's not a knock on Street. No. This, you can't even blame Street for this. But the reason she's getting the recognition here, other than the fact she's Meryl Streep, is because the witch is the consistent part of this film. Right. It is, in effect, the core of the apple that we're working around. Right. But it's still such a very small character on this film. Yeah. She doesn't carry enough of it. And when she does, she's good, I guess? I guess... I mean, she's fine. I, I I didn't feel the love for Into the Woods that a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and, and I like musicals. I, I, I have no secret about that. This here, and maybe it's Sondheim's music I wasn't into or anything like that, but I, I didn't... I, I liked Into the Woods. I didn't love Into the Woods. And Meryl Streep, I didn't walk out of there going like, well, uh, that was a decent movie, but oh, God, Meryl Streep was fucking phenomenal. I didn't get that from this. No. I walked out of Gone Girl going, that was awesome, but freaking Carrie Coon she blew me away. Great. And yes, Kim Dickens was also was fantastic. Great. And I saw she's got a show coming up, and I, I don't even ask me to remember what it is, but she got cast in something coming up that, that looks good. Just yeah, don't, no, don't I, I saw the same thing. I don't want to get sidetracked. Well, yeah, I know, but, but now you're going to make me need to at least answer the question in my own mind. Um, but... You know, for me here, I, I mean... Streep is the number six of six, as far as I'm concerned. Number five of five, sorry. Well, in, in my opinion, she is, too. Uh, but I agree. That you look at the, the experts in this, but... Oh, yeah, she's she's better. Um, I, I think next for me, as far as we can we can write her off here, and I love her, I think she's great in everything she does, is Laura Dern for Wild. Kim Dickens is in the new walk, The Walking Dead spinoff. Ah, oh, that's right, that's right. I knew it was something relevant. Um... I loved Laura Dern. In this I thought role. she was great. I don't think she's. But I'll admit she's there she long didn't enough. have enough time. It realistically, when I when you when I saw that movie, I came right out and thought Laura Dern deserved an on. But in retrospect, I'm not certain because a lot of what Laura Dern does in this movie is implied from the actions of what Reese Witherspoon's character. Right. And I'm only saying characters. I can't remember the real chick's name. Uh, okay. Um, what she implies. So the scenes with the fox that you see appearing, you you realize right away it's is that's her mom. mom. Right. And so you start putting Laura Dern's face on those parts. Right. And it's really, you can't. Right. Laura Dern was great for the time she put on there. And I, 
I, I don't have an issue with this nom because I thought she was great in what she uh, did. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's certainly, I think it's her best work since she she went elbow deep into ter- into uh, um, uh, Triceratops shit in <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> in Jurassic Park. Yeah, Park. Um, yeah I, I thought she was great too. I just, there's just not enough there for me to warn. Now, you know, that maybe that's unfair too because how much screen time did Anne Hathaway get in Les Mis? Right. However, it's what you do with that screen time. Um, and but that's an interesting way to put it, because there was a fantastic scene in Wild where Laura Dern has clearly been beaten up mm-hmm. by her husband. And she makes the comment that was it, she was making breakfast for the kids the next morning, and she makes the comment that it's all worth it, because those kids are the prize she's gotten by sticking with this. And there's certain scenes where you look at it and go, the way she portrayed it are fantastic. Yeah. I just don't know if there's really... Right. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. My third one off the list is a little bit, a little bit surprising because in, in most people's opinions, she's the one that's second in then line. I know who you're going with. Is second in line. And even the one who you can... Who can a lot of people are arguing, like, if there's going to be an upset in this category, it's going to be her. Emma Stone. Um, for me, I, she's fine in Birdman. I like Birdman a lot, but I didn't see anything otherworldly in Emma Stone's performance here. Nothing. I, I think I think Emma Stone is a very talented actress, but I think her work in, like, say, The Help, I think was better than it was here. Um, I kind of agree. Yeah. I've seen Birdman twice, and Emma Stone's acting in it the second time around for me. You noticed it a little more, a bit more. Okay, um, and, and it's more about the angle that she's a recovering dr- uh, uh, drug addict. Yeah, and, and some of the scenes around her putting that was the little X's on the toilet paper and stuff. Yeah, and. Do I think she's going to win here? No. Do I think she should win here? No. Emma Stone was really fucking good in this movie. Uh, the problem Emma Stone has in this film is, I think she's fantastic. And leaps and bounds better than Naomi Watts. I was talking to somebody yesterday who said that they feel Naomi Watts gets overrated at times. I actually agree I like, with that. I like, I like her. I like her. But I think that people... Love to say she's a great actress, and she's not. Emma Stone here took a step up, especially after that bullshit that we sat through with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But, but I would even argue that of, of everything, she was... Uh, of she everything, was her the best part. Were the best parts <laughs> of it. Um, on the revisit with Birdman, I really liked Emma Stone here. I don't believe she ought to win this. Birdman's an owner for me, too. It's though. a great I, movie. I will definitely... It, this I is one of those Birdman. years where I am I am actually buying a lot yep. of... I've already got... Um, I know it wasn't nominated, but I already picked up Gone Girl. I've already picked up Boyhood. I fucking love I Gone am, Girl. I am, I am going to get Whiplash. I am going to get Birdman. Um, there's another one there too. That, whatever. Um, uh, so you so you would put Stone as your number two? I would. I I really liked Stone as my number two here, but so that means Knightley's your number three. Knightley's my number two. And and you know I yeah. I think 
I think Knightley is one of those ones that, like, is good in everything she does. Um, uh, uh, she's another one of those actresses that, like, um, she's good in everything she does. I don't, I don't think she's award worthy in everything she does. No. And, and another, a revisit of Birdman may, may swap that like it did for you. Um, I need to see that again. I've only seen it the once. I've seen Theory of Everything twice. And really? Wow. Uh, and Karen Knightley is fantastic in this film. And I'm somebody who's not... She's not really... in the Theory of Everything, though. She's in oh, the I'm sorry. I said... Yeah. I, I apologize. That's what I'm saying. Imitation Theory game. of Everything twice? No, really? I've seen Imitation <laughs> Game twice. Theory of Everything once. Um, and she is really, really good in this film. And on my first viewing, I, I didn't remember her being as integral to the plot. The second viewing, she really is. Yeah. Because the Alan Turing sticks his net out, uh, neck out for her. Yeah. And the scenes where basically she's talking, or, or she's showing the way her family treats her the way Britain treated women at that time. Yeah. You can't be that. You can be a secretary. So join that pool, and then Apparently when you'd you rather in, be a woman than a gay man, though. <laughs> yes, um, but I, I still prefer Emma Stone over Karen Knightley. Karen Knightley was really good here. Something about Karen Knightley though has never really clicked for me. I think she's can be cute. Well, that's just but, it. Do, you, do you think do you think her cuteness gets in the way of her being taken seriously as an actor? Yes. And, and I'd say, she, here's what Kara Knightley reminds me of. Kara Knightley of the late 90s, early 2000s is what Olivia Wilde is now. Yeah. Where there are times where Olivia, people go, Olivia Wilde's a really good actress. They're going, eh, is she really Kara good Knightley's actress? I think a far better actress than Olivia Wilde. I agree. Um, and then that's, but the, is she that much better though? Yeah. Here, she's good in the scene she has, but I'm not certain that it took a great deal of effort to do what she did. I'm fair with that. So, yeah, fair with that. It, but I, again, I don't think it matters here, right? Right. Um, and, and which brings us to our point here, and we we belabored a, a, a category that's that's a slam dunk. That's probably the, the biggest slam dunk of this. Yeah, I think it's the no, second. I, think I, it's I would the agree because the next dunk. one will be the biggest. <laughs> um, Patricia Arquette is the heart and soul of Boyhood. Yes, she is. There's there's. As far as I'm concerned, these other four aren't even in this discussion. They're, they're not. Arquette uh, is just perfect. And this is one of those times where Hollywood also loves that story of that actor or actress who's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. And has done... This is a bad example. The, 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 the Tarantino-esque, but early days, where it was B-level kind of thing... And you go, well, yeah, I know who she is, who they are. Yep. And all of a sudden they do a film like Boyhood and you go, holy fuck, this person can act. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is about the kid. I mean, that's what this whole movie is about, was this kid's life from age 6 to 18. But, but Mom, anchoring, anchoring every scene of this is Patricia Arquette. Right. Yeah, no, it... If Arquette and, doesn't win this, dude. And if she doesn't break your heart at the end, when the kid's going off to college, and that's where we leave her, too. That's what's interesting. It's like, there's no, like, cathartic ending to Patricia Arquette here. 
It's like off to college, boom, and, and that's that's where we end with her. I will own something right now. Oh, you're gonna tell me you cried. <laughs> you sat next to me. Did you? Do you see me act? I don't look. I don't Here's look the way I that. pull that off. I don't if, look at if the you ever see me shuffling. act like my nose itches and my my finger will run up next to my eye, like oh, it just so happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sitting next to you whose kid just did the same thing. Right. And I'm thinking, I cannot imagine watching this, how this must be hitting my friend. Yeah. And it, it, it really, it was the heart and soul of that performance. Yeah. And it, it, if Rosanna Arquette doesn't win this, I don't understand. I don't think Rosanna will, but I better Oh, sister. Patricia. <laughs> so, I think it's her sister. sister? I, I, I think Rosanna Arquette ought to win. Are they for, sisters? Yes. Uh, I, I didn't know if they were And so's... And then the Arquette brother married to Courtney Cox. They're all the... They're all siblings. Oh, David, I knew that. I knew that, but I... I yeah, no, Rosanna's the oldest sister, so she should have won for Desperately Seeking Susan. That's the only thing I can even tell you she was in. <laughs> I, 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 I don't yeah, remember about the Rosanna Arquette thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, Patricia Arquette, I loved her back in True Romance, and 20 years later, she yeah. ought to win the fucking She's a, well, She's a slam dunk. There's no way she loses this. She's won every single thing leading up to it. And understandably so. It, yeah. it really was the performance of that film. Sure. And, and no, Ethan Hawke, yeah, he was good, but... He was good. Arquette was... Way it, was it was Arquette. Yeah, he, she, she took the whole movie. Um, and speaking of the only thing that may be more of a slam dunk, let's take a look at Best Supporting Actor. Is there any point in doing so? Well, let's not belabor it quite as long as, right. as we did there. Well, um, we did have the street talk, which you know we're coming. Well, the uh, street street rant. So, best supporting actor, we've got J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. We'll mm. revisit that. Mark Ruffalo for Fox Foxcatcher. Ethan Hawke for Boyhood. Edward Norton for Birdman, and Robert Duvall for The Judge. Okay. Full disclaimer: haven't seen The Judge. You have. I have. Um, Duvall's Duvall. But, well, but Duvall's great. Duvall's one of my favorite actors of all time. But let me say, this is not Duvall saying, get out there and surf. This is the Duvall of the past 15 years, where Duvall all this of a sudden is, the, uh, is a doddering old man yeah. who, who's, who's good, who, but Duvall's the same thing in everything. Yeah. Duvall's got one delivery. And the judge was, was such a... Critically panned film, yeah. understandably so. It's not a great movie. It's it's one of those movies you're going to sit through for two and a half hours ago. So that happened. Right. He's decent. Yeah, he doesn't have a shot in hell. No, absolutely not. He's it's Robert it's Duvall being pick. Robert Duvall. It's a sentimental pick. We need an old guy. It, it, I don't know, honestly, it, there, I can't say any snub that came out of this. It, not that you and I talk snubs. There's nothing to say here. It right. just won't happen. Right. Um. Next in line for me that you could scratch off is Ethan Hawke. I like Ethan Hawke. And that's why I stopped talking there. It, he's good, but our no, cat really, I, I really made I think, that I think Richard Linklater gets more out of Ethan Hawke than anybody else does. I mean, oh, when you look at his before trilogies and stuff like that, I, think he, I just think he gets more out of them. I think Ethan Hawke is a good actor. I, I wouldn't put him as a great actor. Yeah. He's good in Boyhood. Yep. I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. He's he good as a checked out dad who comes in later yeah. on in life. Yeah, he, he's fine. He's fine. Um, 
for me, uh, this is the one I won't be able to speak on. You won't be able to speak on because uh, Mark Ruffalo would be the next one for me. Ruffalo's great. I, I like Ruffalo, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's good in Birdman. I, he didn't blow me away in Bird or uh, Birdman, Foxcatcher. Um, he didn't blow me away in Foxcatcher. Let's just call it Birdcatcher. I honestly, I honestly think that Channing Tatum gave a better performance in Foxcatcher than Mark Ruffalo did. The 30 minutes I've seen before it goes to copper protection, yes, Channing Tatum's quite good. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think he's good. I don't, I'm not, I'm not arguing the nomination. I just wasn't blown away. And, and let's be honest, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. The next one's the only one I can say is even a challenge here. Ed Norton. Ed Norton is really fucking good in Birdman. Ed Norton's a great actor. I, He's but, such a dick, I well, know. And, and, and therein, I think, lies a big part of the reason why this isn't a closer race. Yeah, he's I'm done it sure, himself. Yeah, I'm not sure who, who likes Ed Norton. He's a douchebag. He does great work here in Birdman, and I, I totally am supportive of the nomination here. But when you put him side by side with J.K. Simmons, now first of all, if, even on equal footing, Simmons blows Norton out of the water. Mm-hmm. You add in the fact that Simmons is a very beloved character actor, and Norton's a, looked at as a douchebag, it just widens that Right, game. and what's interesting is Norton's a douchebag playing a douchebag actor. Right. So, he probably sampled from himself quite a bit here. Yeah. An amazing job. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I've seen Norton in so many movies I've loved him in. American History X. Fantastic. Dude, I love Death to fucking Smoochie. That's one of my favorite comedies. Italian job. He's great in that. This is not even up for debate. No. J.K. Simmons is just... On a whole other level in this movie, in Whiplash. If you know, people haven't seen Whiplash yet, you you, know, you need this. This to me is arguably the the most must see film of the year, only because you cannot describe to somebody. It was my number one of the year. It is some of the scenes in this movie were just so heart wrenching. Yeah. About jazz drumming, of all things. Yeah. But it's it's the pursuit of perfection. And, and they and just... And what are you willing it. to do to, to be perfect? And what what is acceptable from a society's perspective in, in pulling greatness out of somebody? And we get into that when we get into Best Picture. But mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons is just absolutely otherworldly in this movie. There, there, there's no way he loses this award. Right. No should way. pick, will. Uh, should no win, will. I, I, I'm willing to say right now, if he does not win this award, if somebody else wins this, I'll stop watching the freaking Oscars. I'll put it this way. I, I think if you go to Vegas right now, this is one of those that's not, it's not even, not even money. Worth, it's not even worth It's worth one of those that if you put a buck down, you may get a, a 90 cent back. But, yeah. uh, unbelievable. Um, we'll move up to, again, ladies first and probably third on the list of, of layups here. Best actress. Yep. So we have Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon for Wild. Felicity mm-hmm. Jones for The Theory of Everything. Marianne Cotillard for Two Days, One Night. 
and Julianne Moore for Still Alice. Okay. Um, I am going to personally knock Reese Witherspoon off this list first. Which bums me out because as a guy who doesn't like Reese Witherspoon, I loved her in this film. I thought she's great in this. I fucking loved her. And, and, and I loved the risks she was willing to take. And I know a lot's been made of her doing the nude scenes. I, I truly believe those nude scenes stood for something bigger than that. Mm-hmm. After her, was it a year and a half ago when she and her husband were pulled over for OUI and mm-hmm. she did the, do you know who I am bullshit? Right. Which went right along the lines of why a lot of people like me couldn't fucking stand her. Right. To bear herself like she had to for this role was fantastic. Yeah. She was... On any other year, this probably would win her the best actress. Perhaps. I don't think so. And you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not even sure that over who I think is going to win, that she shouldn't win. I agree. And I'm putting her fifth on this list. She's my number two if I follow my heart. Not me. You think she's number one if you followed your heart? Oh, I, I, I mean, I mean, based on who I think, how I think it'll play out. Oh no, that's brain, not heart. Right. So if I follow my brain, she ain't. She's number if five. I follow my brain, she's number two. Um, if I follow my heart, she's my number two. Right. Uh, let's just say who 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 my brain says is number one is Julianne Moore. Well, sure. Because every, every precursor leads to that. Um, um, having I haven't sat through this whole movie yet. I've sat through enough of it. I look. I guess love Julia Julianne Moore. Oh, great actress, dude! Absolutely. And, and, but this is one of those. All right, this is her fifth nomination. We ha- she hasn't won yet, so we need to give her her love. And, and Hollywood this, loves that sure. transformer the story. She's got an affliction. She plays it right through. This feels this feels just like Meryl Streep winning for the Iron Lady to me. Yep. I've seen Still Alice, and Moore is great in it. Moore is great in everything she does. This isn't an award-worthy performance no. to me. This film is not an award-worthy film. It's not, to me, it's not that great a flick. I, I, I really don't think that they give this affliction of, of dementia and Alzheimer's the the... The true movie that it that it requires. Um, I I don't think that the supporting cast around her is all that strong with with Baldwin and and Kristen Stewart. And it it's not that they give bad performances. I just don't think that it's given the no, deal that the, it needs. This film this feels like a very weak film where they get put a great this performance. Is, this is a and makeup it award. Feels next level. It's a makeup award. Is what it is. And it bums me out because there, there's somebody nominated here who I truly believe gave a next level performance. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. Absolutely. Rosamund Pike should be winning this And story. it breaks my heart that she probably doesn't have a chance in hell. No. She and I think she's leaps and she's bounds even, better than what She's I not even going to be considered the, 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 the upset special here. I think the upset special here is, is going to be Marion Cotillard. I would agree. Um, and did you ever get around to two days? I have. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. and, and and she's really good in it. And that's sure. a that is a, a a fascinating film that looks at 
the human condition, what would you do if put in this situation? Right. I think, though, the, the overall plot and theme of the movie is bigger than the acting performances in it, and that's my problem. Right. I don't know if she may be getting credit for her acting when really the acting here is, what would you do if you were told, bring this chick back who I didn't really care about one way or another, but you're going to take money from me? Right. That's the bigger story. Yeah. That That is the, take a look at yourself, how would you handle this? Right. And I think she's getting credit for that. I, I Marion Cotillard's good. Yeah. Really good. I think that the theme of that movie is getting credit that's that's being right. given to her instead. Right. For me, it's it, Rosamund Pike's award will be going to Julia. Yeah. Julia I, I loved Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. She was just yeah, absolutely fantastic. Before that, you're like, well, who the fuck's Rosamund Pike? And then you're like, whoa. She was in one of the Simon Julianne Pink and Moore, Frost films. Right. Well, she was in uh, the, the World's End. Yeah. Um, but you look at Julianne Moore, like, eh, okay, Julianne Moore gave Julianne Moore performance. Mm-hmm. It's great. I found this out. Did you know Rosamund Pike was in a Bond film? She was in, like, Die Another Day as a huh. Bond girl. I had no idea. I did not know that. That movie was so bad, most Bond right. fans like me will just write it off. But. Right. Alright, so we're halfway through. Let's pause here real quick, and then we'll come back with the big three that this we need to discuss. This is a pause for Absolutely. Take a Piss. <laughs> Alright. So now we're going to get to discussion-worthy. Yeah, I mean, this. these are the three... Points of contention of uh, all the categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll start with uh, best actor. <clears throat> Let me get to it. As you as you name them, should we discuss? Um, or, or, well, I guess that's kind of hard because you and I may disagree about who the winner will be. Yeah, we could. I, I'm hoping we do at some point. Or one of these have got. I, I, well, here's the deal. I think. If you, you and I both, I think, agree on who the three are that won't win this award. So go ahead and name them. The three that won't? That won't. Bradley Cooper will not win for best, uh, will not win the best actor award for American Sniper. He was very good in this role. He was very good here. And I I would put him in the middle of the pack. Yep. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't either. I think it's just too polarizing of a film. Right. And honestly, the um, Academy tends towards being a little bit on the liberal end, and they're not going to go for Clint Eastwood on a war movie. Probably not. Uh, Steve Carell's not going to win. For Haven't Fox seen Foxcatcher, but you yourself have said. For that, me, I'd put him at fifth on the list. And, and you said that realistically, if the dude from Selma got snubbed, you could point to yeah, that. Yeah, you know, David o- Oyelowo. Um, yeah, I, I think he was better than. Than uh, Carell was here. I, I'd even I'd even argue that maybe he was a little better than Cumberbatch. All right, then Cumberbatch is third. Cumberbatch is the other one, uh, and Cumberbatch is a great actor. I love Cumberbatch. Everything he does, and I loved him in this film. Uh, absolutely. But what I look for when I'm when I'm considering who the best of the best was for a particular year, I'm looking for someone who has elevated what my expectation is for that person. Mm-hmm. I go into a movie with Cumberbatch expecting that Cumberbatch is going to be great. 
He was great. And he did a great he job. He was not above team. great. I would agree. He was what I expected from Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. You know, when you look at, like, who, who made the greatest, perhaps the greatest actor living today is Daniel Day-Lewis. And when you have that level of expectation going into a movie, and then you see Lincoln, and you still walk out going, holy Yeah, that, fuck. he became Abraham Lincoln. He just just blows away. That is, to me, what best of the best of the yeah. year signifies. I did not get that from than Cumberbatch's no, Alan Turing. No. He was very, very, very good as Alan Turing. And Absolutely. yes, he stole every scene he was in, in a very good movie. Sure. But, if you look at the final two, was he better than them? And my answer would be no. No. Equal, maybe, not better. No. Absolutely. Um, which brings us to those two. Those two guys. Eddie Redmayne versus Michael Keaton. So we have Eddie Redmayne for Theory of Everything, who play, portraying Stephen Hawking, which is an interesting role because you're talking, it's, it's Hawking through the progression of the disease. Early on, we see Hawking uh, as going to school, able to function. You see the, the occasional slip, like, oh my god, I just slipped off the stairs, no big deal. To the end result. Which is when his body has been totally racked by Lou yep. Gehrig's disease and for life, man, I can't remember what the real disease is. Um, uh, he, ALS is... is yeah, but there's a, there's a full term had. for yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he was amazing in this film. And, and, Certainly. And to, to be able to... You're talking transformative, not just in his acting, because Eddie Redmayne's been decent acting... I'd argue he was the weaker part of Les Mis, just because his voice didn't hold up. I wasn't up. a fan of him in Les Mis, of all the characters. I liked Les Mis, but... Uh, I knew yeah. him, and from Hick, he was... Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Jupiter Ascending could be problematic for him, um, you even could, though the could, votes would be You could be say in. that he was overacting, or you could just say he was all in. He was, right, he, he, <laughs> yeah. he gave what the... He, he acted what the Wachowskis gave him. Um... I absolutely loved Eddie Redmayne in this role. Mm -hmm. If I had to follow my heart, here's what I would pick. I'd give Eddie Redmayne the award for Best Actor. Um, to portray somebody going through that level of that kind of disease, and, and to do it and still show emotion, that's the hardest thing for me to, to, to be able to... To, to even imagine showing. And some of the, the glances he gave were just fantastic. Yeah. I thought Eddie Redmayne was by far my favorite acting performance last year. Right. Well, that sounds like you're talking with your heart. That's me with my heart. <laughs> now if I go with my head, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael Keaton and Birdman, th this is 1 and 1A one as far as I'm concerned. Michael Keaton, there's no question that he dominated every scene he was in the movie that we've already said had some fantastic performances. Ed Norton Jr., like him or hate him, was fantastic in this film. Emma Stone, early on when she got nominated, I didn't agree with the nom. Um, when I revisited, I wholeheartedly agreed with the nom. They, they don't hold a candle to what Keaton gave in Birdman. And, and what I love in Birdman is... How much story 
kind of is a mirror image of his career. And, and I don't believe Inaratu wrote it intending to cast Keaton in it. But I believe that when he wrote this, he realized Keaton, when looking at who's available, it'd be interesting to put him in the spot and see if he could grow into it. Keaton is amazing in this movie. And I do believe the Academy loves that person who's been on the top, then hit mid-level to bottom, and has suddenly found that role that brings him back and, and right into the, the world's eye. I believe the Academy will go with Keaton here, and I don't have any real issue with it. Again, 1A, 1 and 1A for me. I just believe the Academy will pick Keaton. And and because of a feel-good story. He, he he really was that fantastic. I've always liked Keaton. I never really considered his acting quality. He was fucking Batman. He was Beetlejuice. He was in gung-ho, for Christ's sake. Mr. Mom. Right. We never discussed his act discussed his acting ability. He was amazing in Birdman. And if they want to give him that uh, give him the award for that role, I won't argue it. I thought Redmayne was better because I go for the transformative over the the refound career. But Keaton, I do believe, will be the Oscars choice. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't disagree with uh much of what you said there that um, this is probably out of all the categories the one that I that I flip flop in my head probably every three minutes. Easy. Um, the, the, they're both very very terrific performances here. Um, you know, conventional wisdom would tell you that yeah, they want the the feel good story of the Keaton. He gave he gave such a heartfelt speech at the Globes. Mm -hmm. uh, Redmayne is young; he'll be there again. Um, that kind of thing. Um, uh, You're building this up, but we're going to disagree. I, I, uh, I look at this as what is the Academy going to look at here? Uh, and I look at the fact that the Actors Guild is the largest of the guilds. And I look at the fact that Redmayne won the SAG. Um, and... It just feels more like an Academy Award performance to me, so I'm going Redmayne here. All right. Um, but but this could absolutely would not shock me in the least to see Keaton. Walk this away is the one, this. dude, walking in the door. I wasn't certain how I'd pick this. Um, but I, I just have a hunch, Redmayne, and this really plays into where I'm looking in the next two with director and picture. And I just think that, ultimately, I think we're going to get a spread the wealth scenario here. And I think, in my opinion, if you give it to Keaton here, then it, that it automatically Best waits. Waits the whole process. I see where you're going, because this is my problem. Whereas I'm thinking, I'm thinking if you go Redmayne here, then you can pull a split whichever way you want to do it in the end what and you're saying is of the of four of, of three of the big four with the fourth being a slam dunk the big three you can easily split and share the wealth and I would agree yeah I I think I think Redmayne is deserving of it here I really do I liked his performance better than Keaton's I would agree but again that that's like 
That's like saying I like, uh, you know, chocolate cake more than I like lemon cake. It's, I like cake. Right. You know? It's it's, it's one or one a. They were both absolutely. fantastic. And this is not one of those cases. If if Keaton gets given the award, I will have no issue no, with this whatsoever. I, I won't unless it affects how our bet comes out. <laughs> Which I'm hoping you gave thought to. I still haven't landed on what it's going to be. You'll have it all on my ballot. Alright, fine. Um, yeah, I'm going Redmayne. Yeah, I'm going Keaton. I'd prefer Redmayne, but Keaton. I think it's who the Academy will go with. Okay, well. Uh, so now we land on director? director. Yes. Best director. <clears throat> Let me get to that one here. <clears throat> So, we'll approach this the same way. This is this is essentially a two-horse race. Um, a, a two-horse race with an upstart in the mix, but probably not doesn't have enough legs to get there. Let's get rid of the two that aren't going to get there. Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher. Not a chance. Not a chance. Morton Tilden for The Imitation Game. Not a chance. Not going to happen. And, and I don't even truly get that. No, I, and I can't no. speak to Foxcatcher. I don't really get the nomination of Bennett Miller here because it, it was... It was an actor-driven flick. There was nothing about this that feels like a best director kind of thing. Totally actor-driven. You know, it, it, and a great story. Well, and the imitation game is to some point, too. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that are up in arms over the Selma thing with Ava DuVernay, you know, you could throw her into... A bucket with Bennett Miller and Morton Tilden here and shake it out and whichever two land there and give those two the nods. Yep. She, I mean, what I thought she did with Selma was was great. It was no more groundbreaking than Foxcatcher or the Invitation Game no. and vice versa. Those two guys are out of the equation. They're out of the discussion. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the, the third guy on this, and it's a guy who's way, again, is overdue the love he deserves is Wes Anderson. I would agree. For the Grand Budapest Hotel. And now, I love this film. <clears throat> now, see, for me, I liked Let the Grand me... Budapest Hotel. It wasn't as good as Moonrise Kingdom, in Thank my you. opinion. Why are suddenly people embracing this film like this is the one that he should get all the credit for? Moonrise Kingdom, to me, was a much deeper film. I think it's because of the, the performance of Ray Fiennes here. Who, who is a guy you and... could also say... Thank Maybe you. Deserved something then, then you're over bringing an interesting wrinkle and Benedict Cumberbatch. You're bringing a very interesting wrinkle here because then what we're talking about is potentially two snubs on Best Actor that could make a complete difference. As far as an Anderson film is concerned, I love this movie. It is a great. fucking great film, I and, and it, it holds great. up on multiple viewings. I just personally like Moonrise Kingdom better. Best director kind of film, though. Not for uh, me. I, I think the nom is worthy. It, it's worthy Because there's a distinct style here. There, you there can is. tell that there's the work of a, of a visionary director at play. It's worthy over an imitation game kind of thing. Certainly. And yet both of those were nominated. And this makes me wonder what didn't get nominated that probably should have. Uh, I don't know. Fincher for Gone Girl, maybe? Mm -hmm. I would have I liked to see. I didn't so find I. that. Um, 
I, I guess it doesn't matter. Neither of us believe you that Anderson's going to win this. Even DuVernay could be in that discussion. Yeah, even though I didn't. I, I don't but, get what people are saying about but that film. visually... I, visually, it, was, it felt it was, like I'd seen a History Channel documentary. But visually, did you get anything more out of The Imitation Game? Or you didn't see Fox. But did you get anything more out of The Imitation Game than you did Selma? Visually. No. To, I put them both from the same a direct, level, which was right. as a complete reenactment. Right. So, which I'm saying, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're taking the whole, you're a racist argument out of the equation, Selma has just as much as right to be there as the Imitation Game. It does. Both historical... And, and, and I would argue neither are deserving of a Best Director nod. To, to win, no. Nomination, sure. Why not? Right. Only because we, we'd have to discuss what movies we feel should be here in their place. Right. Uh, but yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. At least I can tell that there's there's that Wes Anderson's Wes Anderson's fingerprints are all over this. If mm. I didn't know it was a Wes Anderson film, I could tell you it was a Wes Anderson film. And I love the, the fact he's not. getting that kind of love, sure, because that means we'll keep getting that brand of comedy, which I do love, sure. Um, so again, uh, same conversation here. We've got uh, Alejandro Inarritu. For Birdman, mm-hmm. and we have my man crush Richard Linklater for Boyhood. So, if I had to follow my heart, well, I know where my heart. I would give it to Linklater. Uh, um, what based on the body of work, lifetime body of work? It, it, I, I would agree, but I'd even remove it. And just looking at Boyhood. The idea of basically saying, you know, I'm going to lock these people down, and for a weekend every every year, we're going to get together and we're going to continue this storyline. It's it's so almost experimental kind mm-hmm. of film. It you don't do that. Right. You're locking people down for so damn long. The contracts you're talking about are insane, but the end result was just amazing. It. it it was truly the most slice of life film I'd seen in years. Absolutely. And and when people are talking and there's about something in it for everybody. Oh they, no there, question. there will be different points in time in this that will connect with different people. No question. Whether when Mason was seven or eight years old or when Mason's going off to college. Mm-hmm. It, that's just how it is. He he does such a masterful job of of capturing life in its in its mundanity. I don't even know if that's a word, but and it's most mundane. You know, it's not about it's not about these Bellmark no. points in your life. There, there are Bellmark so, points. They're there called are. getting to high school. Right. Graduating from right. from high school to co- going to college. Right. Those are legit things. They don't involve superheroes, but they involve a person looking back and going, right. holy fuck, and I just did this. that personal connection that you as a... As a child, or as a sibling, or as a parent, or as a grandparent, mm. it's it's how you react to those piece, points in time of the person who's in there. And like you said, yeah, I loved Boyhood all, all up to a point. When you got to the point where Patricia Arquette is sending him off to college, then that was the point right there that punched me in the face. That was the moment for mm-hmm. me in Boyhood. It, because that's more the most relevant piece right. to me. In the way it was shot, I 
felt for you, which to me also makes a statement about what the director did. Bruce. Somebody that has no kids that's living vicariously through a close friend or through my sister-in-law with my niece yeah. just going away to college, it hit me. It yeah. hit me that hard. And I, I, I thought that it was just such a gorgeous, brilliant film. It, it, it's such an experiment. It, it takes what you know about filmmaking and spins it down its ear. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, was one of the greatest accomplishments I saw all year. Well, and, and for me, Richard Linklater is one of those guys that's like, yeah, he's known, but he's that forgotten guy. When you start, when you when you ask anybody who's just a casual movie fan, who are your greatest directors, and, and then they may come up with the Scorsese's or Tarantino's mm-hmm. and stuff, nobody thinks about Linklater. What he did with the Before trilogy, what he did with Dazed and Confused. It, it, no matter whether you liked uh, a Scanner Darkly or something, this stuff was That's so a brilliant film. outside <laughs> the fucking box. He, he's inventive, he's creative, he's a visionary, mm-hmm. and he deserves the love he gets here. I would agree. However, <laughs> my head says it'll go Inaratu. Again, 1 and 1A. One I think Inaratu as well, again. It, and I it, think, and, and it was sort of the DGA, the Directors Guild Award that, that pushed it. I was waiting for that to really come to the determination here. And I think that the Academy ultimately is going to go for the technical bravado. And and, and Inaratu, hit, he nails it with oh, that, yeah. that one-shot stuff that he does, which is just complicated as hell to pull off. On the second rewatch, I spent a lot of time watching that. And for the life of me, I don't know how he pulled it off. It's brilliant. It, because, yeah, there's certain scenes where you're going, okay... That dude goes into a dark stairwell, cut, call it a day, and then start up. There are others where it's just literally, how the fuck do they freeze the scene, freeze the people, call the mark, and then pick up and all of a sudden these people are there. It's next day and no change of light, no nothing. I don't know how we did it. No. It's a technical marvel. It is. And I think I think the Academy is going to go that way, as opposed to the the long extended twelve year experiment. Mm-hmm. In this case, I would love to see Linklater walk away with this. I will sleep just as soundly if either right. two walks away with this. Uh, but and, and I think because the Directors Guild went that way, um, that I think Inaritu wins. And, and understanding. Understand that we're talking way less about the Inaratu piece than we are Linklater. First thing, because both of our hearts are screaming Linklater here, not our heads. No doubt. I've gotten a lot more out of life in in my Linklater flex than I have my Inaratu. And it's not to take away from Birdman. No. Because I know we're going to discuss Birdman at greater length. It's more than just a technical thing here. It was a brilliant story. It was a story about a rebirth, and it was casting the right people. And, and and in the end, the director has to get credit for that. It, technically, is why it'll win. Um, yeah, I think I think the technical pieces. But it, 
Our and I'm fine with that. Not talking as much about it is more statement about our hearts are screaming link later. It was it was all about why I was I, I believe that um, Quaron should have won for Gravity right. when he did. It's all about Ang Lee winning for Life of Pi yeah. when he did. I had no issues with that. No. That was phenomenal it's directing. It's the intent of best director, right? And. and I believe that the intent of Best Director here is to show the technical piece of directing. I believe that the technical piece of pulling together for 12 years is bigger for my heart. I think it's riskier. But what we got from Birdman, if that's what the, the way the Academy goes, then fine. No issue. Right. And, and to, your, to your point, when you went Keaton there... I think I think Keaton is the trump card here. The Keaton Redmayne battle is the trump card here. I think if Keaton wins that award, you probably are going to see a clean sweep. Yeah, it, it it'll be interesting. Um, um, which, in my mind, if Redmayne wins for best actor, we will have it, well. I gotta avoid saying that because we're about to come uh, into. We know where we're going. With right. This, so fine. If if Redmayne wins, I truly believe we will have those three you, awards split against you, three movies. And you 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 may well even if Redmayne wins, you may see a split. It's hard to say. I I I think that there, I think there's enough love for Birdman the movie and Linklater the man that. That people are going to play that way. We'll see. Can I say this? All I care is that people see Birdman and Boyhood. Oh, absolutely. If you don't see any other movies this year, see those two, please. Absolutely. That, that's, that's, those are the kinds of films that gave me my love of film. Sure. They, absolutely. They are just fantastic. They're, fun, they're fantastic. Um, yeah. There's no more, no more to be said about that. As a film geek, those are why we're sitting here today talking about this. Which brings us to Best Picture. Which you may or may not have come to the conclusion of where we sit. Um, no, I know where we sit. So, we've got Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel... The Imitation Game, American Sniper, The Theory of Everything, Whiplash, and Selma. Let's eliminate Selma right now. Great film. Oh, yeah. It's I, literally, it's only nom is for best picture, which is not normally a good thing. Um, it, it There's no well, it's buzz. Got, it's got music. Well, okay. Of the big six. <laughs> right. Um, there's no buzz whatsoever uh, ever around this film. It, it's worth seeing. If people are interested in the story, see this film. Sure. I, there's, there's nothing about this movie that says you shouldn't see it. And, and this isn't, you know, everybody, don't, don't read the internet because everybody's talking about how it's a big white man's world racist because these guys got snubbed. And if this is the film Sharpens calling freaking, you know, council meetings to, come on. Don't bother with it's this It's a one. good flick. Right. But it, it's it, no better than the imitation like game. Say, it's, it's, at times it's felt like a History Channel reenactment. And, and it, it's, it, whether or not it's an intriguing story you're telling, 
Fine. That doesn't mean it needs to be nominated for best fucking picture. Those I, are I two different have an, things. I don't even have an issue with it nominated. For I do. do. I don't even see who? anything about this film. No, there's no clue here. Other than Gone Girl, who deserves it over that? There's no who here, and here's why. Because this is a nomination that this is five to ten films. They didn't need to tack this one on. This movie does not in any way scream best picture for me. I came out of this... No, it doesn't me either. I, I came out of this watching... I don't have a problem with the I feel like I just saw anything on the Civil War. I, I feel like I watched one of those time... What was the old... Uh, who, what were the films that back we'd see the uh, on Saturday morning? The Old West Film Collection. Yeah. And so-and-so shot dead for snoring. That's what I felt like I saw. This film literally, to me, felt like great actors, average at best filmmaking. It yeah. was. It did nothing for me. No, I'm fine. I, you know, that's fair. I, I don't have any issue with the nomination. The only one missing here for me that I wish was there was Gone Girl. Girl. And, and the thing is, there were t- there were up to ten noms that could have done it. Sure, I don't know why they did. I and it's all about percentages and, and and where you rank things and stuff, and you have to hit a certain percentage. But whatever, I don't have any issue with the nom. It doesn't have a chance in hell of winning anything. No, whatever. Call me racist or whatever you want to call me. No, they can call me racist. I just said Selma didn't deserve a Best Picture <laughs> nom. Whatever that that argument, you you need to. If you're reading about it or seeing this movie, separate yourself from that freaking mm-hmm. fiasco and just look it on, look at it from a, a technical filmmaking perspective. Right. And and when you look and at that, it from that perspective, it's an it's a good movie that has no argument for being among the best movies. Mm-hmm. I it, agree. You know, if you want to make the argument that it's the number eight movie of the year, fine. Fine. If if we're going to discuss that, fine. If my issue's always been expanding it to five to ten bullshit. Pick five. Just do it. Academy, have the balls. Right. Um, for me, the next one on the list, Imitation Game. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I, I love this film. This yeah. is not a best picture film. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think the Dom is fine. It's just nothing I'm really interested in revisiting. Right. A fast. Uh, well, I've revisited, but revisited because I like the story. Again, great reenactment well, with two very good acting performances. Certainly. So, but fun. for me, for me, when I look at the best, the best, I'm like, which DVD am I going to buy and watch eight million yeah. times? Imitation game over and over I and over and over. Never buy this film. I don't know that I'll even revisit the film. I yeah. liked it. Like I said, the acting was great. It was a good film. I'll go out on a limb. I don't need to see it again. For my money, tech, uh, technologically, I think Fury was a better film which than I still Imitation Game. Seen, but I need to see. I think they did a great. Great job of Fury, and no one gives that movie any love. So, yeah, no. Imitation game, not a chance. Right. Um, and I think right right there with it is probably the theory of everything. Yeah, um, it's not which, the best picture of the year. No, you know, and, and a lot of people are, are complaining that, like, well, this is, as far as the Stephen Hawking biopic, well, let's, let's put it in perspective. This is really a biopic. From the point of view of Jane Hawking, right. This isn't about Stephen Hawking so much. It's more about the relationship 
between the two. Mm-hmm. Is Dexter out there? I thought so. Yeah, maybe a fat-ass cat. Yeah, probably. Um, like I said, I, I think the love for that film is going to come in the form of Red Bean, in my opinion, but... I would agree. Um, well, you didn't agree. You said Keaton. Well, no, no. I mean, my love of Red Bean. Uh, right, 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 love right. for it comes from Red Bean. It, it, was, it, was it was a good film. Yeah. Uh, again, not one that I necessarily need to It's a film revisit. driven by great performances. It's a good story. Right. Um, so that's three. For me, the number four flick that I would get rid of, and I don't know if you're on board here, I'd get rid of the Grand Budapest Hotel next. Here's why I can't answer that, and that's because I haven't seen Foxcatcher. Well, Foxcatcher is Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you're right. You've For some reason, I was thinking Foxcatcher was on this list. Yeah, Grand Budapest is a... Hey, buddy! Hey, Jector. Grand Budapest is one of Ninja those films I absolutely love. I, I do not get nominating this for Best Picture. It... it if you go the cheesy route of best picture in a comedy, best picture, fine. If you're trying to point at best picture, not the same level here. It's a great movie. People should see The Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. Don't nominate it for best picture, though. It's not the, one of the best movies of the year. It's a top ten. Yeah, I'm on I'm board with that. If, if you said, well, going for my heart and not my head... I got a lot more mileage out of Gone Girl than I did Grand Budapest. By far, yeah. But, but again, I got more mileage out of Chef than I got out of Grand Budapest. And I what? Put, yeah, we haven't even brought Chef and into I this would, discussion. I wouldn't put Chef into the into a top eight of the year. Oh, no. I did. I did personally. But. But I wouldn't sit here and tell you that, that that's a great cinematic Chef is a film that will strike chords of certain people. Sure. And that's different. Um, no, no, I agree. Grand Budapest, I love the fact it got the attention. People should see this film. Not going to win Best Picture. No. Um, Whiplash? Whiplash is my number one intriguing film. It's a fantastic film. The final nine minute or eight minute sequence is, if you if you bought into the film to that point, it, and, and you can follow the jazz drum bit, that may be one of the best sequences, and I'm going to use a weird word, one of the best action sequences we've had all year. I don't see this film being a best picture winner, though. No. This is, this is a, a great film with great performances, a risky film. To base a film on jazz drumming is extremely risky. And let's be honest, put J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Miles Teller's an up-and-coming young actor. He's going to do some good work. Simmons, unfortunately, right now is known as the insurance guy. He's done other stuff. He's been in Oz. He's, been, he's been, done Oz. Been in Oz. Oz, Weeds. Oz. Hmm? Was he in Oz or Weeds? Oz. I don't remember being in Oz. Well, what was the prison drama he was in? You're looking at me like you don't know. No, he played a racist, a racist son of a bitch in a prison drama. If you say so. I have no idea. He was in no Juno. He was in Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, he was also in... Uh, we are farmers. Da, 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 yeah, da. No, no, seriously, dude. He's probably... <clears> most I believe you, but I have no idea. 
All right, regardless. The fact of the matter is... I, I, I whip, Yeah, Whiplash is not going to win this award. No. This, the, the Whiplash, the film built on performances and really not a, a, a best picture kind of film. Uh, and then there's American Sniper. Oh, which, which is as far as I'm far, concerned, we probably could have eliminated yeah, earlier than this. Far too polarizing for the Academy to jump on. I thought Bradley Cooper was uh, really good. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with his nomination. But there's no way the Academy backs a Clint Eastwood-based oh, war no. flick. Um, I thought it was really good. Yeah. But, um, but I don't see this happening. Which brings us to, again, Birdman versus Boyhood. And for me, I think this is where the Academy is going to spread the wealth. I would agree. I think that they're, and like I said, a lot of this, the, the, the trump card here is the Keaton Redmayne race for Best Actor. Because if Keaton ends up with that award, I think Birdman runs that table. Mm-hmm. If it's Redmayne, I think it makes it easier for the Academy to say, all right, we're going to give Inaritu... Oz. Thank you. Which Oz? The TV show on the prison. Oz. I never even heard of Oz. The TV what are you show. talking about, dude? It had like an eight-year run. Never heard of Oz. 97 to 2003, 56 fucking episodes. It was an HBO show on a prison. He played a racist some bitch in it. I believe he did, but I never heard of it. Ernie um, Hudson was in it. How do you not know this? Well, I'm not up to date on my Ernie Hudson uh, film. You should be. I should be. Um, I think that... I think they're going to split it. I think they're going to enter into the, uh, um, the directing nom. I think they're going to give Boyhood the picture. I, I can't argue against that. Uh I think Inaratu wins Best Director, and the way they'll acknowledge the 12-year span of Boyhood is Best Picture. Now, Boyhood's and, not that Academy picture from the perspective, uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's more of an indie career. Right. Uh, you know. But critics loved Boyhood, and, and, yeah. and the emotions that Boyhood elicits, I think is what will put it over the top. Again, we're talking a movie that, as I'm watching it, I could feel what you would feel. Or I could feel what my sister-in-law would feel as their child's going away to college. How would I feel that? That's the way the film was shot. It's that good a movie. And, and you've got to acknowledge exactly what kind of risk this kind of movie is. Best picture is a way you can do it. I, I, Boyhood, to me, is easily the best film I saw last year. It, 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 in terms of what it took for me emotionally, what, the way it stuck with me, the way certain shots looked, it, it, it was such a risk and, and such a brilliant reward. I, 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 I have to believe Boyhood is both my heart and brain telling me will be the win. Yep. And I'll, granted, all of our predictions could be 
well, lose the least, last three predictions. Could be completely wrong. Well, and let's just say that one of us is probably right on actor. Yeah, well, we and we pick both. Director yeah. and picture could, could be completely flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. They could go in one direction completely. Right. Who knows? And, and by the same accord, yeah, uh, yeah. Best director and best film could really be the other director. All I know is I want to see, no matter how this shakes out, I at least want to see Richard Linklater on that stage getting a He needs to. Um, one way or the other. If you look at the body of work he's produced over all these years, he really, really, really needs to hold that gold statue. Yep. If you look at some of the people that have held it and he hasn't, it's tragic. All right. Let's do it. That's the Oscars. I'm sure we'll recap on the next one. And the next one, we're also going to get into the 30th anniversary of The Breakfast Club. Which shows we're old, fat, fucking bastards. Indeed. Well, there's that this year, and there's the 30th anniversary of The, of the Goonies. And we will be discussing ad nauseum. And let's hope we do get the wide wide re-release of the Goonies, at least for a few shows. We'll We'll have to see that. I'll talk to you about that offline. All right. Uh, For now, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Late. Late.